transform you in the I hate a storm, you have Mary's, I make it poor. Good, I ain't lying, you little giants, we've been defying. Right. What's the cost? Speed of boss, breaking down the walls. We all in once the coin gets tossed. Got the kind of action, never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four three. The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be. Incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's legend. Hey, me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah. Hey, Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good. So are the Stogies. Some real thought, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Sir, that big whiskey, that big cigars. Be true to yourself, and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said let's call it the Slap Dick Podcast. What up? What up? What up? <clears throat> Welcome in, Uso, Josh, Lucy, everybody here on the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later show here on this fine minutes Monday, the eighth of the eighth month of the. Year 2022, August 8th. This show is brought to you by AG. Head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. And get you 50% off. Welcome bonus. First uh, deposit. Check it out. We're here on this Minutes Monday with Coach Zach Smith. He'll be joining us here in a few minutes to discuss all things football. Lots to discuss, especially in his world, in the college world. We're going to talk about everything college football plus some more shit. Um, lots to discuss. Lots to discuss. A lot of things happening. A lot of things happening, not only with this show and the growth, but uh, with uh, some guests. Some po- We have a lot of guests booked this week on the Hate Me Now, Let Me Later show. And then we're looking to relaunch the show on the 22nd. New co-host, um whole new setup so just stay tuned keep growing the show make sure you hit the like button subscribe become a member today like i said coach zach smith will be in today we're going to talk about a lot of shit um and uh very very interesting to hear his take on a few things so uh much love to jeremiah just joined the youtube chat he sent me some salmon i smoked it yesterday uh over some pineapple and lemon and it came out perfect um Lucy, that is what she said. Growth. Are you a shower or are you a grower? Should be the poll question for all you men out there. I don't know. You know, shit. It's a, it's a good question. I don't know what the hell to, to say about that one. Some of you guys, uh, you know, showers. Some of you are growers. I don't know which one you are. Lucy, I don't know which one you like or prefer or women like or prefer, but it is what it is. Uh, lots to discuss today. We're here on this Minutes Monday. Uh, a lot of MMA, a lot of uh, baseball. I don't know if you know, but I beat our betting extraordinaire's ass Friday, Hector Capo. Shout out to him. Uh, he won most of his bets. But when you come across JB in the, in the L.A. Doyers, the Doyers is always going to win. Come on now. 
So the Dodgers not only beat the shit out of them, they shut them down to one run, and then they shut them out. They swept them, and uh, the Padres are always going to be the JV team. Just like the Clippers are always going to be the JV team in L.A. No matter how bad the Lakers are, the Clippers will always be the JV. The Padres will always be the JV. This is the Dodger State. L.A. Dodger State, California. Don't ever fucking get it twisted. Jordan Lewis. No. I, I should. I wish I had a micro, uh, to be honest, because then your girl could have took it. But your girl couldn't take it. And when she told me that she couldn't take it, I had to, like, fucking say, all right, you know what? Whether you get a whole new mouth reconstructive surgery because your mouth just can't grasp the head, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your girl's mouth is not very big. I don't know what's up with that because apparently you got a little wee-wee and you suffer from little dick syndrome. Apologize for you for that. Your girl apologizes for that as well. So make sure... Um, and I do, you know, short, fat, skinny, or tall. I know you got a big, fat bitch, but I still had to knock it down. You know what I'm saying? Um. Anyway, lots to discuss today. Let's get you right off the bat here. Let's get you some quotes of the day. Let's get you all this shit out the way before Zach calls in. We're going to have a few guests call in. I also have a former player, Last Chance You Star, my former kicker, who became a social media extraordinaire, Nino Albajak. He'll be coming on the show. Uh, discuss everything Last Chance You and uh, Netflix and what he did. So, quote of the day. You can't finish what you don't start. And you should never start what you're not committed to finish. We're going to be talking a lot of football today. So, I had to give you one of the football quotes that I used to use a lot of. So, that is the quote of the day brought to you by Canadips. Make sure you head on over to Canadips. CBD.com. Get you, use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. Get you 20% off shipping. Um, make sure you head over to Canada Dips. Hey, this is not bad. I'm dipping today because I'm excited for Zach to come on, talk some ball. So I, I had to act like I was dipping again. I went cold turkey fuck, years ago, but I had to get back on the Canada Dips. It's similar to CBD, no nicotine, but it is what it is. Head on over to Canada Dips, CBD.com, promo code COACHJB. Um, I had to use one of my coach's quotes, man, and that's why the quote of the day today is uh, was that coming on on Mondays and talk some football? You can't finish what you don't start, and you should never start what you're not committed to finish. I just uh, believe in that as a coach and, and, and share that to the team uh, always. So I had to get in, I had to get that out the way. Um, but there's a lot of things to discuss. We're going to get you with that quote and uh, and get you going. I'm excited to have Zach on. Uh, let's bring him in. Zach, you good? I'm good. What's up, man? What up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man. Same old shit. Different toilet bowl. You know how it goes. Uh, shit. A lot of shit going on, man. A lot of shit going on. I didn't get a chance to watch your show today. I'm sure you discussed the whole OU deal, huh? Yeah, wild shit, isn't it? Oh, man. I'm just reading up on some of it. I, I talked to a few buddies of mine that were coaching there. Uh, Whiteout coach, Coach Simmons at SC now. Um, he's just is like, he's just, and he's a black coach, by the way. And he's yeah. just like, dude, this shit's crazy. And, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I got. I, I mean, there's a lot of ways to take it. Um, I wish I'd have watched your show. I could have got some insight, but it's fucking. Well, here's crazy. my opinion of it. Right. One is this can't be the whole fucking story, right? No <laughs> we way. Got, 
The guy read the N word one time off an iPad, and it, it, I mean, the guy's been in—he's been in Norman, Oklahoma, for like 40, 30 years, and like all these players are coming out defending him. It's like, wait a minute. Here's my biggest thing, right? If nobody is outraged and pissed, why the fuck did he resign? Nobody was mad. I think he did a fucking dumb mistake by resigning. Oh my god! It's I'm just sitting here like I I can't. Why did you resign and not have them fire you? You, you right? Something's up there. I would have sued. Yeah, I would have sued. So wait up. So you're saying players have come forth? I that not that I've heard. Oh, I so mean, you, you Joe Joe Mixon came out and was like, "This is ridiculous." Right here, like, this I, right here. Joe Mixon wrote this letter right here. Yeah. Basically, said that he recruited me. I'm the the only way I I went to OU is because of coach and. Basically, this is a letter that that Joe wrote. Obviously, Joe's a brother, black player. Um, I don't know if you noticed. This is the news story, and we're not. We're just jumping right into it because it's hot news. This right here is a news statement by Venables that just dropped a few minutes ago. Basically, comes out now saying, "Not he said this aloud, not once but multiple times, a racially charged word that is objectionable to everyone." And need and does not reflect the attitude or values of the university. Not acceptable. See, right there, to me, that sounds like a firing. Yeah, that, that definitely does. So why would you resign then, right? And, and yesterday, Venables comes out with a more, you know, contrite head coach's letter saying, you know, this is my buddy. We grew up together. We've been here 35 years. Um, and then today, this letter comes out, ironically, after he resigns instead of, is fired. So now it looks like OU's doing the right thing in all aspects by firing the guy when the guy really shouldn't have been fired. Now, I think he fucked up, man. I don't know if there's any retribution to get out of this if his attorneys are doing anything, but I would have forced their ass to fire me. But, I mean, it's uh, lots of disgust with this shit, man. i I just been reading the story. I've been trying to get into the, the top, bottom of this. I'm like, what in the fuck's going on, man? So, um... Damn, dog. I don't know. I got a question for you, though. Uh, yeah. Does this shit, is this a real thing to you, or is this just a, uh, this is my take. I'm going to show you this, and you're going to be like, okay. To me, I want to ask you what I show you this video. I'm gonna sh- I'll show you the video, and you tell me, uh, is this really an issue in your mind, or does this, does is it does it mean nothing, and is this basically the way the world in the profession? And let me see you show you this video. All right. So that's the commanders. That's the fucking NFL team commanders. The the, the heading was basically like uh, you're going fucking three and thirteen or three and fourteen again. Um, is this the way of the world, man, or is this something that like I I couldn't have fucking stood for it? But I, I you know what that guy that blew his hamstring out. It's it's the TikTok generation, man. It's fucked oh, up, <laughs> dude. God damn. And and I just want to put out there that that I refuse to go with this cancel culture new team names like that is the Washington Redskins, right? I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. I just want to put that out there. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, and it's been a slow trend over time. I mean, I think about the fact that Nick Saban and Urban Meyer had all this music playing in practice, loudspeakers, all this stuff going on. And you, you know, they are old school coaches. You think back to Woody Hayes and Bear Bryant would have fucking never allowed it. And so it's a trend. And, and I think that's where you're you're towing a fine line, right? 
where you you want the players to have high energy and, and have fun and also grind and work their their nuts off. But if you cross that line, you see that kind of bullshit. It's like now we're just a fucking clown show and we're going to get our asses handed to us every fucking weekend. Dog, it, 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 I I don't know how, I don't know how to how to coach it. I couldn't coach it. I don't know what I'd do. I'd just be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" This guy, what if he just blew, ripped his fucking groin apart? I'm just like, I'm just waiting for that to happen. Like, what right. the fuck are right. we doing? Well, I mean, I mean, you've seen it, right? You've seen. I I watched a guy one time. This is in high school football. He scored a touchdown, did some bullshit, and tore his ACL. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm glad you celebrated. And going back when we played Ohio State in the national championship game. Ted Ginn scores an opening kickoff for a touchdown, returns it, and they go celebrate in the end zone, and the other receiver, Roy Hall, wiped him out and broke his foot. <laughs> Fuck. You're like, how fucking dumb? What are we doing? Uh, I, I, Kareem Hunt demands a trade. Um, the Browns denied the request. Let me ask you something, dog. At what point do you look at these cats and say, you know what? You are just the most ungrateful motherfuckers in the world. So this guy beat his girl on film, never really got any due diligence. He got a slap on the hand, really, and now he wants out. Um, well, and Cleveland, and Cleveland gave him a lifeline, after, right? He yeah, got exactly. off the Chiefs. And Cleveland extended an olive branch, gave him a lifeline, and now this ungrateful motherfucker is requesting a trade. My favorite part about it is that he's like, I'm requesting a trade. Here's my teams. And Cleveland was just like, no. <laughs> no. I'm 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 glad. I, I I hope somebody finally stands up and says fuck this because James Harden's yeah. of the world, Ben Simmons, Kyrie's, KD's. They've been demanding trades even though they have four years on their contract, and it's like, dog, what are, what precedents are we setting here? Kareem Hunt, you got the audacity. You got some brass balls on you to fucking just slap everyone in the face, literally and figuratively, and 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 went out. It's like, dog, these motherfuckers have no fucking uh, morals, dog. I guess it's morals. I don't know if it's fortitude. Um, it, it's just this. They need this like gratification constantly, right? This satisfaction yeah. where it's like, what have you done for me lately? Like how how quickly he forgot that. He got kicked off the Chiefs, had nowhere to go, like was, you know, a video of him beating up a girl, like all this shit going on. And Cleveland took a risk and brought him in and gave him new life. And and I get it, you know, it's short shelf life, want to make money, but he's getting paid good. And Cleveland did a ton for him. And to sit here and demand a trade, like play this year out, play your contract out, and then go somewhere and sign a contract. That's Fuck, that's dude. the way the world should work. I, I just I, you think uh, Barry Sanders came out. I'm just getting through this NFL shit because we got a lot of college. Barry Sanders came out and said Saquon Barkley will return to elite form in 2022. He said he's betting on it um, with BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on over there. Um, uh, what do you take with that? I, I've come out on Pat McAfee's show last year and said, listen, man, running backs in this business, in this profession, are a dime a dozen A. Even the good ones get replaced rather quickly. Um, and number two is they get very, very uh, – they get very, very um, – they they last two years minimum. I mean, this is their this is their deal. They're 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 a two year player by 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 trade. Uh, do the percentages. They don't last very long. Once they go through an injury like he did, they just are just don't come back and bounce back statistically over the history of the playing of playing the profession or this or the position. 
I think Saquon's seen his best days. I think he's done as far as being that guy. Uh, whether he comes out, has a few good games maybe, but I, I don't know, man. He's just an easily hurt guy. He's a bleeder. I call him a bleeder. Just like, you know, CP3, uh, he's a bleeder. AD never can play through a season. Um, running back position, as you know, is hard. What uh, What do you think? You think Saquon can come back? I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the running back position in the NFL is so crazy because it's not it's not the old days with Emmett Smith and guys like that where you know they're the better athletes on the field. Nowadays, those creases that they need to hit close so fucking fast because these defensive players are freak shows. I mean, the, the way that these big guys can run is nuts. And so you have you can't lose a step and keep playing. The minute you lose your step, you're done. There's a young guy in there that has that step. You look at Ezekiel Elliott in, in, in Dallas. I mean, he took the league over, took it by storm. And now he's what in year year six or seven, and they got Pollard. They you know they got other options that can hit those creases, and it's just a short shelf life. And so you got a guy like Saquon that goes through an ACL injury, and it's like it's hard to ever get back to hundred percent from that. And at that position, if you're not hundred percent, you lost a step. Those, those things are closed. So could he come back? Maybe. I mean, it would be a Cinderella story, freak show. Uh, you know, make a movie about it. But I, I don't. I think it's tough at that position to come back from injuries like he's had. And only guys like us that say it, people are looking at us always like, oh, man, he's going to be good. This guy sells donuts, by the way. The guy on Twitter is saying, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He'll be back. <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn. Like, to me, Ezekiel Elliott, you coach, you know very well. Like, he's not the same guy that he was, no. is he? Like, no. right? So that's what I'm saying. No. He's not, he not the same guy. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Who's a much lighter guy, more of a dynamic move around guy, can play in the slot and play all the, every down. He's not the same. Like, no. and, like another one's Alvin Kamara. Like Alvin Kamara, Kamara. he's kind of went away. Now, every now and then you just get some like genetic freak, like Derrick Henry, where it's like, well, yeah, this guy's the exception to the rule, yeah. right? <laughs> uh yeah. Adrian Peterson, even that he got injured and came back quickly. He ain't been the same, and, and and you can see it ages you quicker at that position. Oh yeah, than it sure. does you know in any other position. It just ages you at the running back position for every nick and knack and injury you have. You age a lot faster than you do at wideout or at quarterback or something else. It's like I don't know. It's, it's interesting, and that's why people don't realize Zach. When I was recruiting big time backs to JUCO, like Raheem Boyd from leaving A and M that I got, and different backs that I was like, listen, and I got them every time because everyone was like, well, coach, you're recruiting this guy from Michigan, and you're recruiting this kid from leaving leaving Alabama, and I go, exactly right, I am, and they're like, and the parents are like, but coach, why? I go, this is why. Why would I want to burn you out in JUCO? When you have to go to a D1 in the SEC most likely, and then your ultimate goal is to go to the NFL, why would I want to give you 45 carries a game in JUCO? How about right. I get three of you, and we split it up. You all get D1 scholarships because they already know who you are, dog. It's not like you got to come prove. You already went to fucking Alabama, so they know who right. you are. Uh, I got every kid every year doing that <laughs> recruiting tactic because I was, and the parents actually respected it. I'm like, dude, why would I want to burn your kid's knees out? And uh, yeah, right. These kids don't. I don't think these guys understand this shit. These, especially these JUCO coaches that are recruiting these kids, are. Oh, you're the guy. You're gonna get forty carries. I used to tell the guy, I'm like, well, guess what? You're gonna be fucking done in two years. Tell that yeah. coach good luck to, if you want to get forty carries in a JUCO game. 
Well, and you know what? I just I I just had this conversation not two weeks ago with a couple coaches at Ohio State because they they have three backs that I think legitimately could be NFL backs, and I'm like, you're not going to win the Heisman Trophy, but just divvy it up. Like those kids will still go to the NFL. I think about Michael Thomas, who I coached at Ohio State. He didn't have Bolitnikoff Award numbers because we had Zeke and we had a bunch of other good players, but he still went early second round. He still made Pro Bowls. He he signed a hundred million dollar contract. Like he still got to the destination. And honestly, he was probably better because we didn't just wear his ass out at Ohio State. No doubt, no doubt, and and like a guy like Kamara, guess what? Ironically, what is he? JUCO guy. He used to carry the ball forty times a game at Hutchinson JUCO in Kansas. Like yeah. that could have saved his. He could have saved a few years if you're not getting all those carries in JUCO, and then you got to go play D one, and then you got to go to the league. It's like, hold up, dog. But yeah. I don't know, man. It's pretty interesting. Um, let me ask you this before we get into the Kel Gundy thing. Is the preseason worth the price of admission to you? I talked about it the other day. Is it worth the price of admission, college or NFL? Let me be honest, because as me and you speaking, we have to have it, right? Got to evaluate. Got to see him against uh, live bullets and under the lights against other bodies. You've been practicing against each other all week. Um, you finally want to see him against another person, whether it's in one-on-one wide-out QB, DB, or if it's O-line, D-line, uh, do you have some nuts? Does the quarterback have pocket presence? Because is he going to climb the pocket and make a play, uh, even though he's not probably getting hit? But you want to see that and, and get to grade it out. Um, a lot of the fan base has to pay to go see these preseason games. They cut it from four to three in the NFL, obviously, but you still got 17 fucking games. You're still at 20 football games before the playoffs. Um, is the preseason worth the price of admission for me and you sitting at the house watching it? You know what? I, I, I was all shot in the ass about the, you know, Raiders, Jaguars. I'm like, fuck yeah, we get to watch football again. And I was like, I don't care who plays. Like I know it's preseason. Like I'll watch, I'll watch anybody play football right now. And I got through like the first quarter. That was me and, and you like, bro playing. Oh yeah. I, I got through the first quarter. I was like, this is fucking awful. <laughs> so I mean, I'm here for it. Put it on the TV in the background, and, you know, it's better than having some bullshit on TV. But, yeah, it's it's overplayed. It, it's I get it. It's great. You, you get to see a bunch of people that are not going to make the team play. It's almost like watching the AFL or USFL. USFL, yeah. Yeah, you're watching a bunch of players that aren't going to make the team play. It's like, cool. I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's no real value there. Can, can I asked this question as a poll question of the day. I'm like, I was like, let me ask Zach on Monday. I got to ask him because this has been going around forever since we were younger. You know, you get a great college football team fucking in Alabama. USC Pete Carroll's eras with the Reggie Bush. Your guys' undefeated season. The year that you couldn't even go bowl eligible, your first year there, you went 10-0 and or whatever. Um, yeah, 12-0. Yep. Yeah, 12-0. So uh, these great teams you've you've been around, could you think in your wildest imagination you could ever beat a horrible NFL team. No chance. No Thank chance. You. Thank you. At least you. I just wanted to hear it because I'm like, holy fuck, man. These people that really think any college team can beat the worst team is unbelievable. It's just, I don't think people realize how good that worst team still is, right? Like, you look at the Jaguars last year, Urban's debacle, right? I can't, I can't even remember who it is now, but they went out and beat somebody like the Patriots. And you're like, how the fuck did that happen? It's like, well, they still have yeah. pros. Yeah. Like pro yeah. first rounders. Football players. 
everywhere at every position. Like if you're at Ohio State or Alabama, out of your 22 starters, I mean, in in a national championship year, you might have like, I don't know, 15 pros out of 22, right? And then you go to your two deep, still probably 15 pros out of 22. You're playing against 44 pros in the two deep. Like it's just a different level. And people don't really get it. I think they don't understand. I've seen this stat. Every roster on the NFL, the 53 that make the team, 90% of that 53-man roster were Division I All-Americans. Yeah, That's the thing about it. Your second deep at Ohio, even at Ohio State, he might be a good dude. He might be a legit guy, but he's probably not going to be an All-American, and he's probably not going to be a first-rounder. And just imagine all these different teams. People don't understand. They were the best of the best in college, and now they're all together. They've gotten bigger, faster, stronger, and they mature a little bit more. And now you're still having kids play grown men. Um, I I don't see it. I don't see. I think Jacksonville last year would have beat Alabama by 70. Yeah, I mean, they would have because you think about it, right? Even if you look at the roster in hindsight, that kid that's a backup DN that ended up becoming a first rounder, he's fucking 19. He's 18. Like he's not exactly. that player yet. Yes. And even further than that, look at these these first rounder studs when they go to the NFL, their rookie year, they're usually marginally impactful until they really learn and grow and then they become great NFL players. So even the best players you have, right? If you're Ohio State and you have CJ Stroud, great quarterback, he's not even close to ready to be an NFL quarterback right now. Not even close. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like Mac Jones, in my opinion, I think he's going to struggle this year. Not only because yeah. of who their OC is, because of their outside threats, because of just he's not the guy to extend plays with his feet. He's going to have to get rid of it quick, and then you're, down, you're, on thir- you're third down already, and he doesn't have those guys. You know what I mean? That's how people don't realize it's third down already. Like, people don't get that shit, but um, I don't know. Uh Man, I, I got to ask you something. I mean, I, this is a la- the biggest brands in college football. I, I put it up last week. I, I discussed this actually last week, but I it was like some time. I was like, fuck, I needed to have Zach on all these things. Um, yeah. The biggest brands, I tried to explain. I'm going to put on the ticker down here. I, I tried to explain to the crowd base then listening. I said, this is brands. This isn't wins and losses. This isn't current good teams these are household names brands and i know we can argue notre dame maybe deliver to be be in there but i'm like let's let, let me cut it off at a 2000 year 2000 let me go at least to 2000 until now this is tv branding uniform who you who's the, who's making your unis how many people are you sending to the nfl how many nfl guys are excelling um, Notre Dame's not even close to the, these five in that regard. Uh, USC, Texas, Michigan still put out more players to the NFL than those than Notre Dame. Ohio State and Alabama are, are are way ahead. Georgia had one good year last year, who sent a lot of kids. Right? You know what I mean? Like people think they're like, "Where's Georgia?" They're not. You don't see them, right, motherfuckers? Georgia's not a household name <laughs> right now, as far as branding. Michigan. Right. Even though they've been down, they had a good year last year, but they're Jordan now, right? They got the Jordan. They, they're, they're just continuing to build their deal. They got the TV money, uh, similar to Ohio State. But these are the five biggest brands in my name, even though I think Texas and USC has been down for way overdue. They're too, they've been down too long 
wins and losses, but still they're marketable. They're still making billions. So like, that's what I don't think people get, but you okay with that list or who, who would you remove yeah, no, and put on? No, I think, I think that list is, is, is about on point. I mean, I, I get that it's, it's kind of like Notre Dame is old money. Clemson is new money, so they can't be on the list, right? Notre Dame is a historically met, like huge brand, but recently it's they've kind of just fallen off of that train, right? You don't see a bunch of Notre Dame jerseys walking around the country, and then Clemson's just too new. Now, if you get into social media marketing and some of the studies they do on number of impressions that each each athletic department you know, has on Twitter and, and Instagram and all of that and how many followers they're gaining. Like, that's going to be the future of these college football brands is how many young people are they getting their brand in front of? And, and I think in that respect, Clemson is in, in the mix, but they're just not yet. Like it'll, it'll probably happen eventually if they keep pushing the way they're pushing. But right now I think that list is pretty on point. That That's why I said I couldn't uh, put Clemson in that list. I said, they just, they've been irrelevant for too long. I said, and they're not really, you still don't think Clemson when you when you see no. Michigan run on a field or Ohio State or Alabama no. or SC Texas. Like you just don't see Clemson as popping out. I don't see people are bitching at me about LSU and Georgia and these teams that they don't they don't pop out. Like LSU won one time in how long? They haven't really done a lot. They've sent players to the NFL and everything like that. But as far as household name, you don't think LSU. Uh, sorry, Nurse Court, but you don't think LSU. You think these other big-name brands just because of the longevity of it. Um, but I don't know. That's just my deal. What do you I, – I threw you on the spot on this one because uh, I didn't let you know, but I, I had this on the show. I wanted to talk about – before we get into Gundy, I wanted to get into my top 10 college wide-out QB duos okay. of all time. Yep. Of all time. And I'll have – I'll put my 10 up. And if you just have a few that you want to mention that I've probably that you're probably going to mention yeah. that I did not even think about, um, this ain't a lot of research in this. This is just uh, what I put. I'm gonna put on the deal. The greatest college quarterback wideout duels of all time, in my opinion. A lot of people won't even know some of these. Um, I'm, I'm starting off with Charlie Ward and Tameric Vanover. A lot of people don't realize who he, who they are. Not only did he win the Heisman, they won the Natty. Charlie Ward did more things than Chris Winkie ever did, than a lot of those quarterbacks did. Not not just saying Florida State. I'm just talking probably biased about it because it's my generation more or less. But um, those two were dynamic to watch. I'm not saying they went on the NFL and did shit. I'm not saying any of that. We're just talking college at the time in that era. I love watching those two. This is just my list. This, uh, this, uh, this could not even be JD, close I'm, to the best. I, I got I to support you on this one because I was born in 1984, right? Charlie Ward was, what, 93? So I was yeah. like 9, 10 years old. I bought a Florida State starter jacket because of fucking Charlie Ward. That's how, that's how dynamic he was. Oh, dude. He was unbelievable. Think about this. I'm, I'm kind of pissed at the era he played in. I talk to Charlie all the time. He's going to be on the show. Uh, he, he was sending me kids to Indy quite a bit. He was coaching out there in, in, in uh, Florida. This is the thing. Tell me all the QBs that have came out in the recent draft that he was better than. And he chose to go play in the NBA and played damn near like 15 years against Jordan and fucking like he's the starting point guard in the NBA with Patrick Ewing and fucking all the John Starks and all these great teams that battled the Bulls. And I'm like, 
holy fuck, man, this is a guy that just fucking was going to win and succeed in whatever he did. Uh, in college football, though, like NCAA football, when it came out, I was I was him. I, I used Charlie Ward. I was, to, you know, they had Amp Lee at running back to Merrick Vanover. Um, so I, that just resonates with me as far as college in, in college lore and just in the history of my generation watching these teams. Um, I got I got Marino Julius Dawkins at Pitt. That was even before this. This was even before that. This was actually your birth year, I think. Um, or 80, nah, 82 or 81, 82, 83. Cause Marino was a rookie in 83. I want to say in the NFL, mm-hmm. Donovan McNabb, Marvin Harrison, I thought were, was a dynamic duo. They were in a shitty ACC at that time or big East. And, uh, I, that, that, that duo stuck out. I put Jace Burrow and chase in there. I had them at 10. Actually, I moved them up just because I was like, you know what? They did have a dynamic year. And if I'm going to put in these guys, I, I got to put them in the mix because they did have one hell of a year. Pennington and Randy Moss, people don't know. I don't think they watched it. That's when when Marshall went D1. Uh, They were FCS. They were just stupid to watch because probably the talent they played also also hurt uh, them, but uh, they were fun to watch. Joe Germain and David Boston. I heard one of you talking about your slant runners. To me, David Boston's one of the all-time greatest slant runners of all time. Even when he went to the Arizona Cardinals, he was just icing the Raiders one day on straight now slants. And I'm just like, holy fuck. Uh, he, and as a big fucking dude like he was, uh, I thought he was a great slant runner. Graham Harrell and Crabtree I thought were a dynamic duo. Geno Smith and Tavon Austin. Troy Aikman and Flipper Anderson, a lot of people won't even remember. Uh, they were unbelievable. Flipper went to the Rams later on and still had a pretty good year, or season, uh, uh, career. And then Liner and Mike Williams, the first Mike Williams. Um, that was a great duo. But anyone you, that stands out that I missed, I know there's there's been recent guys that you've coached um, that, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we never really had – those elite quarterbacks. I mean, we had guys that played really well, like Tim Tebow. You know, we had JT Barrett is one of the most decorated college quarterbacks, you know, ever in the Big Ten. But they weren't elite quarterbacks. You know what I mean? They just, they were great college quarterbacks. But I think the coolest college quarterback receiver duo, because of the level they played at, going along the kind of Chad Pennington and Randy Moss lines, was Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. I mean, the fact that those two both were at Fresno at the same time is just nuts. <laughs> and, and, and I'm getting blasted because I didn't put them on the list. And I was going to put them on the list, but I kept them off just on purpose to get take the heat on Twitter. So right. that's what I love doing. Um, but yeah. but they're together right now. And that's the number one reason why I didn't put them on because yeah. I was like, you know what? And, and, and Justin Fields, Chris Olave had a great year. But like you said, yeah. But but Justin Fields just doesn't pop off on you like an all time college great quarterback yet. You know what I mean? You can't really say that yet. And yeah, um, I got yeah. a great I got a great story for you though, JB, because I I coached receivers at Marshall right in 2010, so I got to know a bunch. And, and if the people that haven't been to Huntington, like it is a true like steel city, like just I mean just quality people that just die hard Marshall fans like they really view Marshall as bigger than USC like you talk about that five brands there's a bunch of rednecks in Huntington right now dog cussing you that Marshall isn't on the list because in their fucked up worlds that shit is and it it all stems from the plane crash and everything that happened like they are die hard and so I got to know so much about those 
those players, the Chad Pennington, Randy Moss, you know, left with that, that, that whole history. And they told me a story. That's my, one of my all time favorite stories that Randy, you know, they're running through FCS with Randy Moss is an absolute freak show. And they, uh, they had a call they made. They went to play whatever team it was, Wisconsin Whitewater, or one of those fucking, you know, yeah. FCS. I don't even know who it was. They went to play him for the national championship. And the, the offensive coordinator gets up in the booth and he tapes his call sheet all on the table, right? He gets it all ready. And they go out the first play and the, the team put this white corner on Randy Moss. And immediately, I mean, everyone in the stadium heard it. He starts yelling, hey, hey, check chalk. Check chalk. <laughs> and so they they check a fade. He goes 80 for a touchdown. The offensive coordinator picks up his call sheet, throws it in the air, and goes, This bitch is over, boys. We just won a natty. <laughs> they, hey, dog. So I that was my first visit out of JUCO. Was it really? Byron Leftwich is my put takes me on my college tour visit. Oh, recruiting, yeah. recruiting visit. Even though I'm a year older than Leftwich. I, I was I went to JUCO. He was already there. The whole deal. Chad at Pennington had left. So that was my recruitment. John Bronner was the OC. Um, I don't remember. I think that was his name back then. Um, and uh, I love the town as far as that goes. I heard the town's a kind of a shithole, but I but the beautiful ass campus, how green it is, and fucking that whole area is unbelievable. You know, it's, it's it's a cool place. I, used, I I lived up on a like. There's like one nice neighborhood, kind of nice in Huntington. <laughs> that's it, and that's where I live. <laughs> And you have to drive down a mountain to go to, to go to the school. And I'd always stop at the gas station at the bottom of the mountain. And every day on the way to work, there was a, a, a hooker with three teeth standing out front offering pussy. I'm like, man, what a time to be a Division One football coach. <laughs> hey, pussy is undefeated, but I don't know about that one. <laughs> hey, uh, dog, I love Marshall. But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. There's a lore that in that town. Even now, you there go is. in there just because of the wreck and all the... All the fucking shit that they went through, it's like it's like a fucking like you feel it in that town, like it's crazy. Yeah, you do. But um, I don't know. You got any whiteout QB combo guys? You uh, duos you, sticks out? You know, it's it's so, it's so rare in college to have both, right? I mean, we went up against. I mean, Matt Stafford, AJ Green, probably is one. They they were outstanding at Georgia when we went against them. But then you look at guys, guys that I coached against like Julio Jones. I don't even remember who his quarterback was like AJ McCarron or somebody that sucked. Yeah. But he was outstanding, right? You could say Percy Harvin and Tim Tebow because yeah, in yeah. college, yeah, yeah. there's probably not been a better dynamic duo in college. Now yeah. you knew Percy was probably going to go off the rails in the pros. You knew Tebow wasn't a pro quarterback, but those two in college were unstoppable. Nah, they were, I, a, a good, someone brought up a good one. Peyton Manning, Peerless Price. That was a good oh, combo. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, I mean, and who sure. who was uh, Danny Werfel had a few. Was he with uh, Jacquez oh, Green? Danny, who was his wideout? Yeah, Jacquez Green and Redell Anthony and Danny yeah. Werfel were unbelievable. Yeah, they were good. I mean, there's been so many, man. It's so hard to fucking pin out. I was just like, you know, thinking about some, and I was like, fuck. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to bring those up. Uh, so you, let, you let's get also, into this Kel Gundy deal. Like, so basically, he resigns for basically reading off one of his players' uh, laptops. Apparently, the, the the deal is using the N word. Uh, my take is this, Zach: I need to know and understand how these these fucking enabled kids have the power uh, of not only the NIL money now, but controlling coaches who have been doing this for thirty years. I'm wondering where the loyalty from the school is. 
uh, for a more in-depth investigation. And and my flip side, to be fucking devil's advocate on this deal, I guess, uh, did the players want him gone? Because you know that that matters, right? That matters. That's my thing. Were they pissed? Like, there's, there's context here, and you and I don't know the context. Those players that were in that room know the context. And I'm not saying you should ever say the word. We know he's fucking wrong for saying it. But if the players weren't pissed, why are we making this a big deal? And and I, I think back, it's funny, we talk about Huntington and Marshall because this same shit just came out like a year or two ago that a coach at Clemson used the N-word in practice. And players were pissed, but it's different. Norman, Oklahoma versus Clemson, South Carolina. They have fucking Confederate flags flying in Clemson, South Carolina. So they're sitting there like, what's the big deal? I mean, he said the word. He didn't mean it bad. What's the problem? Then you go to Oklahoma and it's like, this fucking guy's gone. Get him out. And, and this is my thing, Zach. Like, I've never said the word or say it. I grew up in all black neighborhoods, the only white guy. I'm like, dude, listen, I don't, I don't say the word. I don't need to say the word. But if I did say it for some fucking unknown reason, I would bet dollars to dimes with some of my players in this chat. They would have said, oh, Coach was fucking with us in a way that they knew. They weren't going to blast me and say, fire him. I think that... It's the generation A. It's the allowance of what the kid actually gets to do now. Like, he's allowed to do any fucking thing. And I believe it's given him such an entitled, uh, behavioral, like, uh, opinionated fucking thought process. These kids can do whatever they want. They get away with whatever they want. They can. They get this money now. They're making more than some coaches. They're, they're like, this is my thing or the highway. Yeah. Uh, I would have never been asked to be fired, but it's a fine line, I guess. But kids using it daily, uh, obviously the black community that plays and we've all played and had these kids play for us. And we're like, listen, stop saying the word. I used to tell my kids, Alan, will tell you in the, in the chat. I'm like, dude, stop saying the fucking word. I said, I don't give a fuck. Start using bro or something. And I, I see, I did see a trend that bro started to replace that word amongst African-American players, right? So I'm just like, okay, it's cool. That's a good deal. But, you know, obviously, was it a hard R? Was it with an A at the end? All this shit's being said. Like, right. why was he put in this position, though, coach? That is my biggest thing. Like, you read a laptop because a shit bird was on his laptop fucking around instead of watching the film or whatever was going on. And that is what I found on... I've, I've talked to a few people today. Apparently, this kid was a shitbird, was not watching film or in the meeting, and this and Gundy snuck up around him and was one of those dudes that, you know, like me, I would have slapped the table if a motherfucker was asleep or something just to rock his world. He, he kind of snuck up on him. And fucking grabbed his laptop and just started reading what was more important than the film. And he was being a sarcastic coach, smart ass. But, you know, he's reading it probably fast. You know how it is. You're in front of 100 kids. You're, you're talking fast as a coach. And, and he's reading it and fucking N-word pops up. And he's probably like, oh, fuck. And I'm just reading it out loud because I'm comfortable with my players, right? Yeah. And then something happens. And, and for, 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 for Venables to come out twice now and write two completely different letters um, kind of irritates me as far as the loyalty and just how much political political play comes into this nowadays. But I just want to know why he was put in that position and how he was put in that position. And I think he was failed as much as anybody, uh, even more than he failed uh, himself and whoever else he thinks he failed. 
I don't think he failed, but at the same time, you know, you can't say the word and all that shit now. But, but uh, I don't know, Coach. Where did it go wrong, man? I don't know. Here's what. Here's my thing, right? Like, whatever that being the case, all that being the case, is the guy racist? So, so Coach like, Simmons doesn't say so. He says fucking absolutely not. Um, so, so like, so he's not racist, right? And and honestly, I used to say this all the time. Like, you'd have to be incredibly dumb or fucked up to choose to coach college football if you had a racist bone in your body. I said because it every time. I, I don't even know. I mean, I think I've coached two white kids my whole career. Me. And it's like, why would you want to coach football if you have a racist bone in your body? Like, if you truly are racist, why would you even want to go down that that avenue? And also, you would never be successful. Like, those kids would know that you don't care about them. So that, that just tells me this guy is not racist. So what the fuck are we losing our job for? Because he got pissed at a player and read his text aloud and, and said a word that was in it? Like, it's just nonsense. I, and really I said is. this earlier. Uh, somebody in the chat said the same thing. I said it earlier, and I was going to post it on Twitter, and I was like, ah, I better not. But I was like, I was like, if the dude was reading a future rap song on his laptop... How many in words were going to be in that rap song lyrically? And would those kids have been upset at him for for spitting out that rhyme? And if he was doing a team activity and they spit that bitch out, who is everyone just going to go and get quiet in there? And they're like, you're out of here. Get the fuck out of here. So, like, I'm just fucking trying to figure out. This whole ba- first of all, it seemed to me if, if you're asking me from the outside working in, we, me or you were either one of us were in this fucking meeting room. Sounds like an undisciplined fucking room. Because oh, and I, and we all had issues. I mean, we I'm not gonna go as far as saying you know he's he's he, he uh, Venables is running a shit show. He's fucking getting ran over. I'm not gonna say all that. All I'm saying is like something went awry where this guy, the coordinator, has to step in or the whiteout coach has to come in there and say, "All right." And this is possibly one of the most unruly rooms on a team, right? You got whiteouts and DVs, right? Probably the two biggest shitbirds uh, on a roster. So. You're managing these guys for 30 years. You've been there 23 years as the position guy. And it's like, all of a sudden now, we're in this cancel culture, fucking video record everything uh, era, and now he's done. So I just wish he wouldn't have resigned. But uh, I agree with you. I don't understand. Uh, I don't get how this happened. there's a big difference between like like fireable offenses when it comes to this like discrimination. Did he discriminate a black against a black kid? Title okay. nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Did he discriminate? Did he play a white kid over a black kid, or did he mistreat a kid because he was black? Now you got to fucking go. You got to go, and you probably should be taken out back and just beaten to death. Like that's a whole different conversation. Did he make an example of a player who was texting during a meeting and read his text that included the n word? Like that's fucking absurd. It's just nuts. I like, I don't understand how he resigned so quickly. Like, no thought went into it. He wrote a letter. And yeah, never. I would never. You know, there's two things that it, it, me and you not knowing what's happening. Did he want the fuck out? Right. Or did Venables want him out? Or did they have a golden handshake? Like, what made a cat resign that fast after something like that happened, which was totally out of his control, basically? Um, 
it's just setting a fucking horrible precedent, man, in my opinion, in every locker room in Division One that's going forward, which is 80% black played, 80% white coached. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, where are we headed? Like, that's that's something that I don't know. And my other thing, what I said on my show is, there, so this is now in the last three years, there's been two examples of a coach using the N-word and, and you know, it becoming a national story. And Brent Venables, that motherfucker was involved in both. Yeah. He was at Clemson for the first one, and now it's at Oklahoma. <clears throat> we need to get rid of Venables. Fuck it. He's racist, too. Get rid of him. <laughs> no shit. I'm just like, dog, what is going on? I'm like, you ain't lying about that one. And it's, it's ironic that Venables, uh, Juco guy, by the way, Garden City Juco guy in Kansas, uh, been in both of these situations. And basically, you can argue, podunk, middle of nowhere fucking towns, right? In right. two pretty much racial ass states. Um, that it happens at everybody's nine to five work job, uh, workplace every day, probably. But we got a guy who's, who's been helping black kids out for 30 years, get fired in one day that are resigned. That's, that's just why I'm taking, I'm just like, dude, I, I got to know more. I guess hopefully more comes out, but Venables keeps dropping letters. Well, yeah, it's, it's cancel culture and the response to it. Right. You know, Brent Venables, when that shit happened, he was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm going to have to fire this guy. And he didn't want to. You know, the players didn't want him gone. You know that nobody wanted him fired. But this, whoever, even if the kid was pissed or not, it came out. The story's coming out. And he's like, I'm going to have no choice here. And that's what's fucked up, right? Shouldn't you be able to provide some context as the head coach decision maker? Like, listen, no, this guy is not racist. I know that. These players, the black players, white, all of them, they love this coach. They play for him. Like, he's good. at he, He recruits black kids. Like, this is not a fireball fence. I want this guy on my staff, but you can't do that nowadays. Venables didn't have a choice. He had to do this. God damn. I, I'm wondering if, if, if 50 black kids came to, to Venables and said, man, this guy's racist. He's been so, like, 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 old boy urban hired at Jacksonville, right? The dude, they got fired at Iowa or whatever. Yeah, Chris Boyle. Yeah. So that scenario, right? That's like where kids come forth and they say, this guy's been fucking, Calling us this, this, and this for how long? I mean, this has never come up before with him. So Gundy's never had this issue, but all of a sudden it's come out. So do you think kids came forward and saying, hey, this is this is an ongoing thing in this room? Because so do you understand that it was how, how do you understand it? Do you know that it is a or have you heard anyway? I don't know if you've talked to anybody. I I, I did not hear this one, but was it just a whiteout meeting room or was this a team meeting or no? So what, what I understood was it was a whiteout meeting and, and they were like on their iPads and they were, you know, doing some interactive coaching, you know, these kids with iPads. Now they'll, they'll watch film on it, whatever. And he, like you said, he walked up behind him and the kid was texting instead of doing what the fuck they were supposed to do in meetings. And so he pulled it out and to make an example, he was like, you know, this is just kind of my reading the context behind what I heard. He basically tried to make an example out of the kid who was texting instead of doing what the fuck he was supposed to do. And he was reading the text, mocking the kid for texting instead of doing the football work. And he said the word as he's mocking the kid. Now, I mean, I also go to the fact that, like, you're a white guy. You've been coaching receivers for how long? You can't say that fucking word. Like, come on, man. You didn't see that word. You didn't you didn't know you were gonna say it. I mean, what you think? You thought it was gonna go over well? Like, come on, man. I I just like fucking da, 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 I see it. I'm not I'm just not saying it. 
I, I, no, I see man. the word, and then I, that's where I'd be like, all right, shut the fuck up. You know, yeah, and you end it. we're it's done, like, right? So, like, all uh, that being said, like, his dumbass, like, you, you, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like, God damn, dog. I, let me, let me, let me turn the corner here real quick. You got a few minutes? Yeah. Somebody asked this question. I was going to ask you this same thing earlier. Uh, we're all talking about NIL and all these different things. We got, we know that the SEC and the different places, and I'm not going to ever ask you specifics or put you on the spot. I've been, I've been paid. I'll say it now. I've been paid by many D1 major Power 5 guys to get certain kids, right? right. What do you know? Uh, what is your best story, whether it was at your place or somewhere that you were competing or recruiting against? Do you have any type of stories that became a national story before anyone else knew it? Recruiting-wise, violation-wise? You know, there's, it, I saw, I've seen so much and heard so much that at this point, it's like, you know, all the shit that goes on in the SEC funneling money. I mean, it's truly like Ozark. You watch the show Ozark on Netflix. That's how it is. Like, they're washing money through through churches and shit like that to get it to players' families. You think about it. We had a kid, Newkeese Richardson, out of Pahokee, Florida, that was committed to us at, at the University of Florida. Very, very, very low-income family. And, you know, we, we struggled to get him to drive up to Gainesville, you know, for one or two visits outside of his official that we could pay for. And out of nowhere, Lane Kiffin has him and his entire extended family fly up to Knoxville for a visit. Right. And we're sitting here like, now, nah, how in the fuck? Did that just happen? And come to find out, you know, they funneled whatever. I think they needed like five grand to pay for the flights and hotels. And so they funneled it through the church down in South Florida. And, and then the church wanted to sponsor a family in need to, to go on a, a college trip. And it just so happened it was this four-star receiver, that family that they picked. And he just so happened want, he wanted to go to Tennessee on that trip. <laughs> so, I mean, that shit happens all the time. I think my favorite... NCA investigation story happened at North Carolina. You remember their huge academic scandal? Tutors are writing papers. Big deal, right? So the NCA came in and was an interviewing all the assistants. They all got lawyered up. They're like, all right, you're not taking me down with this shit. And so a guy I worked with was there on staff, and the NCA came in, and his lawyer told him, whenever they ask you a question, say some off-the-wall shit. And then when you do, if you do that a couple of times, they'll be like, all right, this is pointless. And they'll end the, the investigation. So they asked him, like, were you aware that the tutors were doing this work for these players? And my guy was like, pizza? I don't even like pizza. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> then they're like, but were you aware that, that these players, their projects were being done by the tutors? And he was like, man, I love chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he got like three questions in and they were like, all right, this is over. And just walked out. Hey, no shit, dog. I, I know a few people. I so I used to, you know, get classes for all you guys when you were all at that level. If people needed classes. This is what it was. All in the up and up and everything. But if Cat needed a C because he had a D and he needed to be eligible to play for Alabama, Georgia, you name it, I've helped out SC and Carroll. I've helped everybody. So UNC used to have a online class that you could take. Remember back in the day, you probably remember this. So like. BYU was a fucking place that you had to go to get classes. You can do the BYU online deal. Basically, all you had to have was a proctor. So Coach Smith is, is fucking Chris Olave's proctor to do this test, to finish it. And Coach Brown, who's your boy, you know, at a JUCO, is the one that's got the class hookup. 
And yeah. that is how shit worked. So that's how we guys got guys eligible, right? Well, then the NCAA created fucking uh, BYU, told BYU, you're no longer, you're illegal. You can't fucking take classes from BYU to be eligible. So now you had to go find the next course that was eligible. Now we went to fucking different schools. We had all these different online classes to get shit done. But UNC, this was in 90 fucking 7, 8, 9, 2000 has always had hookup classes that I've known about. And then all of a sudden it comes out, and I'm like, dog, UNC's been hooking motherfuckers up for 20 years that I know of. Right, right. Now all of a sudden Mac Brown's the guy or whoever the fuck it was? Yeah, just and 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 that shit has been going on. I mean, you know how it is. This shit's been going on forever. I mean, getting kids eligible. I mean, I I recruited a kid named Robert Foster out of Pittsburgh. He went. He ended up going to Alabama because literally we looked at his transcript after his sophomore year, and I was like, he had like a point three. I'm like, there. I mean, I've worked with teachers. I've talked to guidance counselors. There's no fucking way. Like you would have to just go in the computer and change the letter grade. (laughs) Hell yeah, you would. And so we walked away from it, and and then I, you know, the next over the next year, I kept hearing, oh, he's going to Alabama, official visit to Alabama. I'm like, there, there's no way they're going to go that far, and they sure enough did. A motherfucker qualified. <laughs> hey, remember the kid uh, Puka Williams? Yeah, went to KU out of all places, like yeah. when the number one player, fucking out of Louisiana. I had him coming to Indy because his best friend was our tackle. I had him coming to Indy. Fucking, there's no fucking way. And I'm good with the head coach. At the, I don't know if he recruited Louisiana much at all. There's the head coach there, uh, Saltamaggio, head coach. He's been a legend down there. And uh, he's like, JB, there's no fucking way this guy's making it. He's telling me. And and Beatty and KU got it done. They, 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 their running back coach was from Louisiana, whatever they did. But this motherfucker had no fucking This dude had a tree in his living room growing through his ceiling in the, one of the worst-looking houses and neighborhoods I've ever recruited. And I'm just like, fuck, dog. This shit is unbelievable, and this kid makes it. And I, you know what, Zach? I'm not mad if somebody can make, get no. a kid to make it. It's, it's all good no, to get them out of that situation into another one. I think we get mad when we lose the kid. We're not the guy that gets yeah. the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. You you got to be a, a petulant little bitch to to get all bent out of shape about it. It happened. It happened to me. It killed me for three years in South Florida because Alabama got Calvin Ridley eligible, and after Calvin Ridley, his his little protege was J- uh, Jerry Judy who also went to Alabama. So, like, I was trying to get Calvin in the worst way, but I couldn't figure out how to get him eligible because I just – I didn't I didn't live in that world long enough. Like, I didn't recruit the South long enough. And sure enough, Alabama got his grades changed. They got him to take an alternate SAT test, and his head coach was the fucking proctor at the SAT site. And it, it all got blown up. The head coach got fired, but he was eligible. He made it. They built a pipeline to South Florida, and I'm sitting here like, motherfucker. I didn't know you could do that. Like, I, I, that's illegal as shit. But I would never even thought you could try. You could get the high school coach to be the proctor. Like all the shit they do down south is just—it's next level. Who, who who's going to be the Michigan starting queue? I think it's going to be uh, JJ McCarthy. Um, he's the better player. Um, He's—he's he's certainly. I thought he—I thought he should have been the starting quarterback for the playoffs. I didn't think they should have stood a chance with Cade McNamara. But um, you know, it's a matter of time. That kid, that kid is talented. He's athletic, and Cade McNamara is fucking average. I mean, Michigan won because they had a great defense and they could run the football. He didn't do shit with his arm. He was middle of the Big Ten in every analytic. 
So if they want to level up and they want to at least try to resume the success they had, I think they got to go with J.J. McCarthy. But I don't know that Jim Harbaugh has the nuts to do that. Who's a sleeper in that league right now before the Pac-12 comes in there as far as the quarterback? Is there any quarterback that's at some place that you're going to be you're going to be like, fuck, I told you, J.B., this motherfucker's a dude. Their team might not be great. Like Indiana had old boy a few years ago that did a good job and played, yeah. played Ohio State one good time in, in 10 years. Like, do, is there any cue out there? Does Penn State have one? Does Northwestern have one? So, so my my favorite two quarterbacks, other than C.J. Stroud at, at Ohio State, and I like J.J. McCarthy, but he hasn't play, really played yet, so I can't yeah, we'll yeah. see what he is, right? But they got a, a the kid Peyton Thorne at Michigan State has a chance. I, I, I like him. You know, he was young last year, so we'll see what he becomes next year. But this kid, Aiden O'Connell at Purdue, he was a walk-on, won the job, and he – I mean, he diced Ohio State up. I know Ohio State's defense was down, but he he diced everybody up. Um, and so I love him, and I love the story. Right, walk on, gets starts, gets a starting quarterback job, and just diced up the Big Ten. And I don't know if he has an NFL arm. Like he probably won't translate to an NFL quarterback. But man, he was fucking up the Big Ten. Really, like a Drew Brees when he played there or something. Yeah, similar. You know, just just dealing. And the kid made every smart decision. He could, he could get protections right. Like he just operated the offense really well. And you know, Brom does a good job of cues, man. He he. Oh, yeah. So I played for Brom Arena League. So oh, he shit. he was a head coach for the Louisville Fire in the Arena League back in fucking oh one oh two. I ended up getting traded, come back out here to Cali. Brom and I have stayed close for a while from that point on. But he uh, he was a good dude to play for. I liked playing for the guy. I thought he was a players coach, even though we are now getting paid and all that in the Arena League. Uh, everything I've heard though, people like him, kids like him, and he's always done good with cues. Obviously, playing the position is a huge plus. And then you you know you played it. You had a cup of tea in the league. You you uh, you've been successful for the most part as an offensive guy. Uh, makes total sense that a guy like that is going to uh, going to make it. So I mean that's that's a good. And you know the good. other guy that I think you know he he's kind of in a shitty situation. But Tua Tungavailoa's younger brother Tua yeah. Leah at Maryland. I, Mike Loxley's a good friend of mine, and he I think he's an excellent football coach and and a quarterback developer you yeah. know quarterback coach offensive mind i think he's got a chance to make a pretty big jump this year and we'll see i mean kid went to alabama for a reason um and right and he had a good year last year they just the problem is you know they just don't have the skill to play with penn state michigan and, and teams like that yeah I, I don't see it the the uh it's funny you said that the kid at uh loxley his son i i was trying to possibly recruit but he ended up going to iowa western juco we ended up playing against them um okay yeah yeah so yeah so he uh whatever happened to him you know i don't know um he i know he was at texas at one point yeah. and then yeah. and he went to uh, uh, i i don't know i mean he didn't play i know loxley's oldest son got shot and killed not long ago which was awful really it wasn't it wasn't kai yeah in in, in dc you know loxley's a dc guy Damn. um you know grew up in southeast dc mike did and and his whole family you know, now they're at Maryland, so they're right outside of D.C. Right. Um, and I don't know the details. It was like a robbery gone bad, so got shot. Really? How, how old is his oldest son? Ah, uh, he was probably like 24. Damn. And I'm, I'm guessing. This is this is probably four four years ago, five years ago. Oh, so it wasn't the Q. No, no, it wasn't the kid that you recruited. No, no, no. It was his older son, who I didn't even know. I, I met Kai. I knew his wife. I know Mike, but I, I didn't know his older son. Damn. Um, Crazy. Wait, man. Appreciate. What time are you calling every day? You're on at uh, at noon, right? 
12 o'clock Eastern, yep. 12 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you guys head on over to Minutes to Sports uh, right here on YouTube and uh, listen everywhere else. Did you you get a hold of uh, Bron yet? Yeah, I I talked to him again today. I talked to him end of last week and talked to him today. So we're making it happen. Good deal, good deal. Wait, what's what's on the docket for the week? Just your show and and the kids? Yeah, doing a show every week. I kind of unveiled. I don't know how much you do with like VIP subscription stuff, but I unveiled. We're doing a whole new platform for VIP subscribers, like additional shows and you know stuff like that. So we just unveiled that. We're rolling that out this week, and then uh, man, I'm just so I'm so excited to actually talk about football finally. Like, I know, I know, I know. Um, so the 22nd, we're gonna try to launch this new platform and new deal here with a co-host and everything. And so uh, it's a week before. There was basically that week of the first game, uh, which is the kickoff game, or was it week zero game or whatever. Uh, and then two weeks before the season starts and really jumps off. So uh, I'm excited too, man, to talk ball with you. I'm trying to get all this film inputted and put in so we can actually fucking break it down as far as what's going on. And we could da- we yeah. could dabble into some NFL stuff just for the upcoming Sunday or whatever for five minutes. But we'll do college breakdown, and and uh, and I'm I'm excited to do it. Maybe even get your guy on with us. Yeah, sounds good. And get some other people on with us, like some other coaches or so what or what have you. So we'll try to get that going and uh, see if any coaches really want to be on the TV screen with both of us at the same fucking time. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, co- hey, we'll, hey, we'll call Kale Gundy. Get his ass on. <laughs> hey, that shit would be fucking legit. Hey, would you would you coach again right now if someone said, Zach, I need you tomorrow? No. Really? Damn, you're similar to me, man. I'm pretty much emphatically saying it that fast too. No, I'm 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 good. I'm out. This shit is crazy. I mean, you it, when when you're living it, it, it seems great, and then you get on the other side, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I want to go watch my kid practice football. I want to go watch my daughter play softball. Like, I'm I'm out. And what are you? Thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight. Damn. Everybody in the everybody in the chat's like, you and Zach need to go coach somewhere together. I'm like, shit, dude. We both be fired day one. <laughs> no, the school would get canceled. That's how bad it would be. The whole school would get canceled. <laughs> we'd be on fucking ESPN on the fucking front page, and we'd oh. be fucking fired day one. And would the school would be on fucking probation. <laughs> We'd have fucking marches out front. It would be <laughs> You'd have your riot. fucking Adidas contract yanked. We'd, we'd, be, we'd be so fucked. Motherfuckers would be like, oh, what the fuck? Please. And then all the players would be like, Man, Cole, what happened? This is bullshit. We, they'd be fighting for us like crazy, and the admin wouldn't give a fuck. Fucking jerseys by FUBU. It would be fucking... <laughs> right, hell yeah, our fucking jersey would be FUBU. We'd have fucking Jordan cleats and some fucking uh, pro club t-shirts for staff. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you, dog. I'll see you next week, and I'll talk to you this week. I appreciate week. you. All right, cool. All right, bro. Later. All right. Uh, shout out to everybody dropping in some gems and dropping in some dimes for us on there. I appreciate everybody uh, coming in, man. Make sure you follow Zach uh, over there. I'm gonna run, I'm gonna put his banner at the bottom of the screen right here. Make sure you follow his show and everything on social media. Uh, much love um, to Zach. Always good to have him on. Talk some football. I thought Gail Gundy got the raw end of the deal. I don't know. I wasn't there. I talked to some buddies of mine that coach. Uh, you know, he's coached this long. He's coached black players this long. And all of a sudden, this happens. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it a vindictive deal? Is it a validated deal? Uh, what did he do? What happened? 
it just seems to me that the kids, the unruly kids, the kids that can talk shit, do what they want to do, continue to get away with it, and nobody's defending the person in charge. That is where I have the issue. And, you know, this is the cold part about it, man. I, I'm curious, and Alan, you've been in these 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 meetings with me. You've been in this deal. You know, we got. I've always fucked with my players. I've always played around with my kids. I thought I've always wanted a loose environment. I never wanted cats, especially if it's in JUCO. I'm already gutting you. I'm already doing it enough in a in a way to make sure we're gonna get through this thing the right way, where you learn something. But I still want to be loose to where the kids aren't walking on eggshells at the same time. But I'm curious to ask, especially ask some young brothers in the room, or Polynesians, or Hispanics, whatever you may think. I'm curious. If the black kid called the coach cracker, what would happen? Is that okay? See, I don't really give a fuck. I've talked about this. Like, I've been called cracker growing up, right? I grew up in an all-black neighborhood. It is what it is. Now, I've been joked with that, and I've been told that seriously, right? Even though it wasn't from my boys. It was from people that wanted to talk shit. And and I I would never say the N-word back, but I would talk shit, guaranteed. And once they heard my tone, the motherfuckers realized, real, real recognizes real, real fucking quick. But, yeah, the adult, the adult knows better, but, but, but Alexander, I was basically forced to resign for saying Hitler to a kid who called himself Hitler. <laughs> Contrary to your belief, This is how he introduced himself to me, to my team. I got players in this room. I'm going to have a player call in in a few minutes. We're going to talk about it. But see, you guys don't know that story. You don't know the whole ins and outs. So I got fired for saying something to a kid who called himself that. Well, The word, as much as I hate the N-word and how it's used and how it's depicted and how young black men call each other it every single day, whether it's with a hard R or not, right? That's not how they call That's not how they use the word. And that's what white folks don't really grasp. They think the N-word is used in the same context every single time the N-word's used. That is not the case. And I don't believe any white human should be able to say that word. That's just my belief. I grew up in all black neighborhood. I believe I could. I, I believe I've been told, "Oh, JB, you, 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 you could say whatever." Nah, that's just a follower, in my opinion. I've never been a follower. I'm always going to be a leader. And I don't think you should ever be able to say that word, even if you call, got called cracker. Even if I got called cracker, I don't give a fuck. Cracker means nothing to me. Cracker means absolutely nothing to me. I might go dip that motherfucker on some motherfucking oysters. I don't give a fuck. It means nothing to me. Black folks have had it a lot worse than I have in the history of our fucking civilization. So I don't give a fuck, right? Plus, I've only helped black kids out my whole life. That's what I wanted to do. That's why I've always coached. But the issue I have is it is very, very one-sided now. It's very, very fucking one-sided now. And 
I'm just curious how this thing really, really is and how much leeway bad kids have and how much power they have over a hiring, a firing, and them holding all the cards when it comes to them transferring colleges in the transfer portal every single day. They control the cards. Who controls the relationship? Can anybody tell me? You guys are in a relationship? Who, who controls the relationship? The one who cares the least. I don't give a fuck what you say, dog. The one who cares the least controls the relationship. Doesn't that seem about what right about right now what's going on in the college football and NFL football landscape? The one who cares the least has all the power. The one who pays the one who has the the most invested, who cares the most, is the first one out. Oh, it's 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 crazy, man. It's really really crazy. It's really really crazy. Um. Anyway, man, I appreciate everybody joining in on this fucking menace Monday. Appreciate Zach coming in. Nino's going to be calling in soon. Uh, he was my kicker on Last Chance You on Netflix. He, 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 he became pretty big on social media, and, and we're going to find out what he's doing. I love Nino. I've always liked Nino. We've always had a good relationship. I haven't talked to Nino in a while. want to see what he's up to. Give some sticky Netflix Last Chance You stories. A lot of you guys might want to ask the questions. Drop the question in the chat if you want to talk to Nino um, that you did not talk to uh, with other kids like Rakeem or Jamal or Calvin, any anyone that you haven't talked to um, and asked any particular questions, you'll have a chance right here with Nino. I'm, Nino's pretty unfiltered. He'll pretty much tell you how it is. Um, lot to discuss here on this, on this fucking Menace Monday. Um, I didn't even get to, to uh, my Contrary to Belief segment. Um, but we'll wait. I'll get into that tomorrow. We'll pass that up. I got a lot of other shit to talk about. Um, but let me get to some show, some of the show content here. It's 2.15. Nino will be calling in uh, in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, Zach sent me a text. Basically, uh, Gundy's uh, wife is now talking shit. Um, saying, interesting, you told your players to keep their mouth shut about what really happened and their heads down. The truth will always come to fruition. It's only a matter of time. Wow. Wow. Not a good look. Not a good look. It's actually his daughter. It's actually Kel Gundy's daughter has come out and blasted Venables and said that you told your players to keep their mouth shut. What about what really happened and keep their heads down? The truth will always come out. Unbelievable, man. Um, unfortunate. His daughter came out and is talking that shit because I told you there's more to this fucking story. I think Venables wanted him out. And that's how he got him out. He, he, he Kale fucked up 
by controlling his room, and now he's fired. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Um, very, very interesting. It's going to be more and more to it. Uh, we got to see. Um, is Michelle Obama a man or what? Is that Michelle Obama or is that Russell Wilson? I'm very confused as to who that is. If it's Michelle Obama or is it Russell fucking Wilson on the right right there? Looks like Russell fucking Wilson to me. But I thought that shit was fucking comical. Um, TJ, Kel Gundy's daughter came forward and just blasted Brent Venables, calling him a fucking liar, and that he's defending, and he's throwing him under the bus, basically. So, Kel Gundy's daughter has now hit the Twitter universe and is talking shit. Um, and then I talked about, is this fucking Michelle Obama, and we think, we don't know if he's a man or not. It's funny, though, that Joan Rivers died... I don't know if you know this conspiracy. She died a month after calling Obama gay and Michelle a tranny. I don't know if you knew that, um, contrary to belief, but that is a true statement, by the way. Um, there's even a video of, of her that's come out, and she said it. Gloria, you made, you made a ton of news officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a, is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move for you? I am so excited. Okay. And I should do very well because I don't show it. And do you think that the country will see the first, the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? We have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. It's okay. She does Damn, that bitch is like... Fuck it. Come get me. And uh, she died basically a month later. So, um, unbelievable to me. Kind of crazy. That's uh, ironic how that works out. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the electric car shit is a scam. I've been telling you, electric car D's nuts. Electric vehicle charging station to get today. Guess the price. Yep, $0.32 cents a minute. That's $19 an hour. It takes eight hours for a full charge. That's $153 for a full charge. And most electric vehicles get about 350 miles of charge. That is a $0.44 cent a mile. And three, a F-350 pulling a horse trailer gets better mileage. I told you this fucking electric car shit is a scam, dog. It is a fucking scam. This fucking shit is a scam. I'm trying to tell you guys. Um, again, we got this fucked up shit. We got this fucked up world we're in. And these people right here need to be on my stream for the castration event. A gay married couple in Walton County, Georgia, has been arrested on suspicion of sex crimes against two boys they adopted. Investigators say they recorded themselves sexually abusing the children. I looked into the backgrounds of William and Zachary Zulik, their liberal activist. Well, fucking shocker. I, I'm not fucking right, left, blue, red. I'm straight down the pipe, independent thinker. But when are the motherfuckers that continue to defend these made-up humans? 
I, I want I have to ask this question, dog. When are we going to stop defending the made up human who continue to fucking be pedophiles and to fucking child pornography, child trafficking? Why are they always these fucking made up humans? And when are we going to come out as the majority and stop being quiet and say, you know what? Enough is enough. These also are the motherfuckers that are fucking spreading monkey pox and all this other shit that we're going to get. I got to ask you guys, man. I got to ask you. I got I want to ask some women in the room if there is any, but I got to be honest with you guys. I want to ask a question like if a guy says he's bi versus a girl saying she's bi. Please, I want to discuss the difference real quick. I got to discuss the difference with you guys. Um, I had this argument last night while I was drinking, smoking a stick, smoking some ribs and salmon, which came out fabulous. But this is my take, all right? You can agree or disagree. I don't care. Great conversation. Yeah, there's a lot of straight weirdo fucks. I'm not saying that, Zach. I'm not saying they're not. What I'm saying is when a straight weirdo fuck comes out and does something, a gay weirdo fuck can come out and absolutely blast him and nothing happened. No repercussion. When a gay weirdo fuck does something, the straight humans are canceled when they come out and say, why is this motherfucker's weirdo fuck pedophile? I don't care what color you are. What denomination, bisexual, straight, heterosexual, I don't care what you are. If you are a fucking weirdo pedophile creep, you should be castrated and fucking murdered. Period. I don't give a fuck about if you're straight, gay, or bi, or black, or white, or Mexican, or yellow. I don't give a fuck. Red, blue, yellow. I don't care. Straight, right, left wing, liberal, conservative, it does not matter. I call it what it is. But what I'm saying, the problem I have is when you come out and say I'm bisexual as a man, I have a major problem. There is no such thing as a male bisexual. And I had an M fucking whole fucking argument last night. And everybody's going to come out and say, Coach, guys can be bi. No, they cannot be bi. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, men cannot be bisexual for two things. Number one, we have two chromosomes. We dictate the sex of the baby. We give the female the male. We give the female the female. Okay? So... Women are bisexual and can be bisexual because they have one chromosome. If you walk down the street, you see more females holding hands and it's much more widely accepted. Whether they're a daughter and a mother, whether they're a lesbian, whether they're just homegirls. You see females holding hands at a high rate and nobody gives a fuck. We don't bat our eye. 
Now, you can say it's a man's world and man started this and it's men started it and it's just started and it's going down. Well, that, you could say that. What I'm saying is even deeper. When a male says he's bisexual, it is a lie, it is a fallacy, and it is a downright disgusting thing to say for this matter and this reason alone. This is why. A bisexual male has sex with a straight or f- bisexual female for all that matters. And did not tell that female he fucks dudes. See, he went to the other side. He fucking put his dick in a hairy asshole. And once he did that, you are now gay, my friend. You are no longer bi. You cannot go backwards. And you cannot go straight to pussy. (laughs) Sorry. You are on the other side. Okay? You are this made-up human now. And... For you not to tell that female that you're having sex with because you're a weirdo fuck and you like men and women, it is downright disgusting because that woman does not know you have fucking sex with other men. And that is the number one cause of AIDS for as long as I was living. And that woman now goes to the straight man and has sex and gives him AIDS. But yet you're still stuck on this I'm bisexual kick. And it's a fucking slap in the face to everybody out there. And you wonder why we have all these fucking crazy outbreaks of shit. Because you fucks can't understand the difference between being morally right and unethical. (laughs) You're downright unethical and dis-fucking-respectful to the fucking human. If you can't just admit you're gay... Leave girls alone. Or, hey, you know what? I fuck dudes too. So hopefully the girl will say, oh, fuck, I'm out. But see, they're not telling the girls. So you're not bisexual, homie. Just because you fucking sucked, fucked a girl doesn't mean you're bisexual. You are gay. You are just a weirdo fucking made up human that wants to fuck girls too. Because they have a hole too that you like. And it's fucking ironic that you can be bi. But anyone calls you out. Oh no coach you got to cancel them motherfuckers. And it's fucking unbelievable man. I just find it very disgusting and protrude. And I'm just going to tell you. I don't think you can literally call yourself bisexual if you're a fucking man. Let's keep it 100 and be real about it. You're not bisexual. You're not fucking bisexual. You're gay. Call it what it is. And keep it moving. But don't come out and say you're not gay. You're bisexual. Females can say they're bisexual. You know why? Because they're fucking... They have two fucking female parts. Why do you think they call screws female and male? Or sockets female and male? Or drill bits female and male? Why do you think that is? Because the male part goes into the female part. Do you know that a male always will have a female part? It's called an asshole. (laughs) He can fuck a man's asshole all fucking day long. Can't he? I'm sorry I'm so fucking real. Do you know that two female parts just can rub against each other? That's all they can do. There's no fucking harm when two females rub their pussy together. It's actually the greatest fucking thing in the world to see or witness. I don't think I can see a male putting his male part into the female orifice of a man, which is his asshole. (laughs) 
you is slap dick pretty much. Why you much. call me slap dick? Because my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> I'm just being honest, dog. My bad. I'm sorry. I know you guys want to cancel me. I know a lot of you motherfuckers want to cancel me. I'm sorry. I had to be honest. I'm sorry. Um... I just had to keep it real. Hey, I, I, I got to keep it real, man. That's just what it is. It is what it is. I'm sorry. I, maybe I won't even get monetized on this show. I, fuck, I don't care. I'm about letting motherfuckers know the truth. And the truth is, a lot of you motherfuckers don't understand. What does a female have to do to have, to have sex with another female, Lucy? She has to get a dildo, doesn't she? Well, a man has a man-made dildo. It's called a dick. And a man has also an asshole that he shits out of. And the male can actually use himself as the male and the female portion of the, an, an orifice. Female cannot. Female has a finger she can use as a, as a male rod. Or a tongue, I guess, you can use as a male rod. But as far as sexual intercourse goes and the risk and liability of catching AIDS or any other STD is not a fucking thing with two females. I'm just trying to tell you. Oral sex ain't sex, Big Mike, motherfucker. Oral sex is a precursor to getting fucked, homie. Stop fucking talking that bullshit. Don't come in here being a troll and a made-up human because you like fucking and taking it in the ass, motherfucker. Let's keep it funky and keep it 100. You fake fucks that come on this show are all a bunch of bitch-made cats. And... Oral sex is a motherfucking... You know what oral sex is for for me, homie? Oral sex gets my dick hard. So I can fuck. Motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. Motherfucker. Yeah, you are a troll, motherfucker. Shut up. Um... I'm just saying, you dog. I don't know. You motherfuckers are something else. Nino's going to be calling in here in a second, man. We got this show on a roll. Appreciate everybody coming on in. Um, much love to everybody who's become a new member. Everyone dropping in some cheese. I appreciate everybody. This show's on a roll. We're here on this Minutes Monday. Um, Nino's going to come in, man. Bring some electricity. We're going to talk about it. Um, Eddie Manyweather. Shut the fuck up, homie. Unless you drop me some cheese, too. Get off your fucking Boost Mobile phone and become my producer, homie. Then shut the fuck up. Stay in your lane, dog. Come on, Eddie. Stop talking about you the producer and shit. I know, Hector. Fucking Eddie's my producer. I know. Fuck, homie. Eddie's always trying to control the fucking show. Eddie, you came on 40 minutes late, homie. How are you going to come late and leave early and talk about you move on? Motherfucker, please. I love Eddie, dog. I got a mutual. We got me and Eddie have a mutual fucking uh, disagreeing uh, agreement pact. You, you know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers is just uh, unbelievable. Um, once Nino calls in, um, we'll bring him on the show. We got the fucking love chat, fucking bots. Um. Oh, 
My main man Nino's in the show. I'm going to bring him in. Let me cancel these fucking bots you guys got or whatever you call them. Fucking all that old bullshit. Um, Nino, what up? Hey, you, you voice, you know, I can't hear you. There you go. I heard you a little bit. Nah, it's real low. It's just real low. What you using, a laptop? Oh, are you? Do you have YouTube on? I can't hear you. Sh- use, shut off YouTube if you if you have YouTube on because you're echoing, but you're real low. I can't even hear you. Or you got headphones? Huh? Um, try to boot it down and call me back. Um, yeah, Nino's going to try to get his shit right. Call back in a second. Nino still look young. Alan, don't he? Motherfucker got his head, hair, hair piece cracking. I wonder where Nino's at. Is he in Hawaii, Boise, L.A.? I don't know where he's at. Um, I don't know if he's in the chat or not. Um, if he has an iPhone, let's see. Let me tell him. I'm a one-man band today. Um, um, man, Nino don't age, dog. Nino got all that mix. He's mixed with everything, too. Alan, shit. Um, let me get into some of the shit while we're, we're waiting on Nino. I got to still talk about this. U.S. Army... Is in the the, the the a unit in the U.S. Army is actually handing these out to their soldiers. I am having voluntary sex. I'm not drunk or high. I'm over eighteen and I'm STD free. Men, keep this in your wallet with a condom. With this card, do not accept an Article Fifteen. Only give this card to your lawyer. <laughs> Dog. That right there should be fucking the same thing a bisexual man presents to a female. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? That card should be used with females by a bisexual man. Um, Big Mike's a troll. I don't know who he is. I didn't make a dime on Last Chance You, by the way. Um, Your girl took it. After I fucked her. Um, did you guys see the T.O. Um, Karen video? Have you seen the T.O. video? Basically in Broward County. Uh, we're going to try Nino real quick again. Nino, you got me? Yeah, you hear me now? Hell yeah, there you go, brother. There you go. All right. What up, dog? Up, Nothing. Where you at? I'm in Utah. Oh really? Yeah. So you so you still back and forth to Utah to Hawaii or what? No, nah, I'm just staying out here primarily now. Oh really? 
Yeah. How are your mom and everybody? Everyone's good. Yeah. Healthy. Are they over there? My mom moved from my mom. My stepdad went to Florida. They live out there now. Really? Yeah. From Hawaii. Yep. Damn, that's good. That's good shit. How they like in Florida? Uh, work's been picking up now, but they like the change. They needed it. My mom was out there for like fifteen years. My stepdad was out there for like thirty-five. Damn. So that's a nice change. Um. So what you got going, man? What what uh? What's going on in Boise now? Uh, I haven't been to Boise in like a year. I go back there visit every now and then, but I I'm out here in Utah. Oh, where you at in Utah? Visit. What part? West Jordan. It's like ten minutes away from Salt Lake City. Oh, okay, I got you. So what you doing out yeah. there? We got a tile business out here, and then it's just me and my dad running it. Oh, okay. So it's been good. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So so uh, you running? You doing tile and shit, huh? What uh? What's your uh? What's everybody's wanting to know, man? What the hell's your uh? Hey, you got? Are you on a phone? Yeah. Okay, turn it sideways. All right. It might it might come out better. Once it flips. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should right. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the hairs up. Alan Allen's in the chat right here, and he said you ain't you ain't aged at all. Everyone says that. Everyone says I still look the same, but I'll take it. I'm getting older. Nah, you got a little. You got a little peach fuzz now, though. You didn't have that shit. You had a little. You had a little mustache. You didn't have really the. You didn't have the whole full deal going. I know. I just shaved too, but now I'm gonna grow it out. Get that going. So Nino was our kicker on Last Chance You. You guys know that. You guys seen. um, He was. uh, He was. uh, You know that you you got a lot of scenes from him talking in the in the in the cafeteria a a lot with him and Malik Henry. Um, in the show, if you don't recognize him, that's who it is. So Nino became kind of big on social media, and and uh, and you know he does his thing, man. He turn, he, he does, he's he's a hustler. He always was. I always like Nino, man. Nino's always had me, me and him always had a good relationship. Um, man, you a Laker fan still, right? Of course, dog. What's up with these fucks, dog? Can they win with this roster or what? Oh, it's it's tough. But I think it's the whole organization is kind of not good. Genie buses, I don't know. It, it looks bad right now. The whole Westbrook contract, too. They're trying to offload him anywhere they can. It just looks desperate now. <laughs> yeah. You see the latest trade, dog? They're talking about sending him to Utah. The Knicks go, the Knicks are going to get fucking. Mitchell. Mitchell. The Lakers going to get Randall back and two other cats. I forgot who they said. And then uh, I think Bar- they said they were going to send Jordan Clarkson back to L.A. too. Yeah, I'd take Clarkson back. I'd take, I'd take Randall back too. Randall's been good with New York. Yeah. I, man, it's, I don't know, dawg. They, they just seem like they're just the oldest fucking bunch of Hall of Famers I've ever seen. They're the oldest team I've seen on paper in a long-ass time. So I, Yeah, they try. I don't, that roster last year, it looked good on paper. You know, everyone, oh, you got Westbrook, this, that. But all those trades were late. They didn't get to practice together. There was no chemistry, gel. And then you got AD. That Soft. was... Yeah, that was just a shit show last season. He's pussy soft. Like, he's like CP2. Um, 
What uh, you talk to any of the boys, man? Like the guys that got drafted, Jermaine, Calvin, uh, Carlos. You talk to Malik. I know Malik's playing for one of my former coaches, actually uh, in the Arena League right now. He called me about Malik, um, so I gave him a reference and shit. But what, what, what? You talk to any of those guys, like Jermaine and them? I haven't talked to Jermaine that much. I talk. I keep up with CJ still and uh, Rakeem. Talk couple. Yeah, Rakeem. All Jer- those guys. Isn't Malik playing in a? Isn't he in Jacksonville? He, he, he was, and now he, he got he got he got released, and now he's with a good friend of mine, James Fuller, who's coaching in. Uh, fuck, I don't know where it is now. He's he's out there on the East Coast somewhere. I think it's like I wanted to say it's like in Connecticut or some shit. I don't know. Connecticut, Jesus. He, he's all over the place. He's playing this arena league shit, but uh, I played it. I played arena league when it was. Legit. Now it's kind of like indoor and shit. Carlos is ripping it too. Um, Carlos is in it. Carlos been killing it. Yeah, Carlos killing it. Malik's trying to learn the business and learn the game. It's a lot different, a lot quicker, a lot of different shit you got to do. But um, yeah, you know it it is what it is. But do you ever look back and say, "Damn, we were on a fucking pretty loaded team. We got like eight motherfuckers in the NFL right now." What? uh, Oh yeah. You ever look back and think about that shit? Yeah, that team was. Our team, when we were there, I mean, there was players that should have still probably made it uh, further than they did. But things happen. It is what it is. No doubt. But we were deep everywhere. Yeah, we had talent from top to bottom. We had dudes getting D1 scholars that didn't even play, were redshirted. Um, Just different shit like that, man. We we had it all, man. That was a good time, man. They, They... we got a lot of. I got a lot of. I put out a deal. I got a lot of fans asking questions. Um, they want to know what. And if anybody wants to talk to Nino, ask him a question. Call in if you're a member. What uh, what stories you got, Nino, that they did not show from the show that you could rec- that you could tell that are like funny, uh, inspirational, anything. Um, do you have any stories? And then they also want to know like a story about me that nobody knows or didn't see. They always want to know that one. I said, uh, Nino will probably tell you all that shit. But um, I don't know. What did you see? What What can you tell these guys on the show that uh, that they didn't see? One of the main things, especially that I got asked at least, was uh, everyone's like, oh, how'd you miss that field goal in overtime, this, that? And that was like a big scene for me because that's what people saw. And I got so many comments, tweets about it, all this bullshit. But the one thing that wasn't seen was the next week when we played uh who was it, Highland? I think it was Highland. Yeah, the the rainstorm game that we had to cancel and come back Sunday. Yeah, and we won nine six. But after that game, uh after the previous one, the one when I missed in overtime, I'm that whole week of practice, you told me you're like, you know, you're still a slapdick, but I'm still gonna trust you. I still trust you hundred percent all this. And that's a good thing to hear, especially as a player. You miss, like, a big part of the game like that, you know. You fuck up. Oh, well. I wasn't. The next couple days, I was still kind of down. But then I think it was Monday or Tuesday practice on the turf. You told me at the end of practice, I'm still going to – I still trust you all this. So that whole week, I kind of stay after a little more, get some kicks in. And sure enough, we won that game 9-6 the next week. But that's the one game that wasn't on the show. So I was like, ah. That was the game they didn't show at all, huh? 
Yeah, not, nothing on the show. You know why, dog? I found out later. I, I was wondering, and I started putting together. I asked them why the Highland game wasn't on the show. Um, and it's funny, when the show became so big, I had a Highland coach who was a good, I was a good friend with the dude. He actually hit me up. He's like, man, our game ain't even on the show. They were all butthurt. Their, their game wasn't on the show. They didn't give a fuck if they lost or not. They were like, we, didn't even, we weren't on the show. And I'm like, fuck. But yeah. it's funny, though, man, because uh, I got former players in the chat and shit, and they're like, it sounds like coach. This is the thing, though, man. Like, people don't realize, like, you're in a fucking, like, you're like the quarterback. You're the goat or the hero and when you're the kicker. And yep. nobody gives a fuck if you kick it and win. Everybody will hug you for five seconds, but after that, they expect you to do it again the next week. And and if you miss the motherfucker, it lives on forever, and everyone talks shit. So it's just similar to a quarterback, man, and that's why you always got to know. But the, the reason I did that shit is um, it's because people don't realize, like, dog, you got to know your players. So, like, you know, that's the issue. Like, you got to have fucking – you got to know your players and – what would it do? What would I have done to you to just been like, man, you're shitty. Stop fucking trying. Fucking, I'm I'm just going to fucking go for it on fucking every time, right? So yeah. I'm like, that would be a fucking bad motherfucking coach. And so that's just kind of like how I was. But I, I knew I saw that. I saw around Wednesday that week, because I remember like yesterday. I remember like Wednesday of that week, you started to get, be yourself again, starting to be clowning, talking shit to the guys, you know, be yourself. And I was like, yeah. But from the day you missed that kick for a whole week, you weren't yourself. And I was like, dog, get back to being Nino. Be a fucking, be a fucking dude like you are. Everybody loves. Because everybody in the everybody that's listening, uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, everybody that, that's listening, Nino was very, very loved in the locker room. He was very, very loved, very, very liked. Everybody liked him. And, uh, you know, Every single person you coach in your life, you know, that's why we say, dog, I always tell these people, I said, every single person on the team is treated differently. The team is treated the same, though, but every single cat's different. Nino needed something else. Rakim needed something else. Malik was a different way. You ha you couldn't yell at some guys. You could yell at some guys. Everyone's different. And I think it takes a good leader or a manager or a coach to understand that. And whether you're the CEO of fucking BP Oil or a used car lot dealer, I think it is what it is. You got to know how to get the best out of each person to make that team work. But that's just some people they don't they don't know that. But um, that's a good story. What 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 can you tell these guys about me that they don't know or they didn't see? I mean, I don't even know how many hours of footage those guys had because we were thirty nine hundred hours, Nino, and we saw sixteen hours. 3,900 hours of footage. And that's, I mean, that tells it all. Like, it's, I told people, they'd ask me, is Coach Brown a dick? Like, he was, he was fucked up. He was this, that. I was like, no, I mean, you only saw, like, fucking nothing, really. Because you can't, like, condense that much footage and expect to know who you're watching and all that. So I told him, like, no, that's probably the coolest coach I had. Like, a real player's coach. The results were whatever, you know. But you got on everyone's ass. First came school, getting to class, all that. Second was football, and that's what that's what people don't understand. They they don't see like you texting players like, "Hey, let's lock in. You fucked up. You'll be all right." This that, and that's like like oh week one that was a story when we played uh, Iowa, Iowa Western. Western. 
I missed the. I remember I missed practice on a. It was walkthrough practice Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday morning. Yeah, I woke up late, like thirty minutes late, and I'd usually just drive myself to the turf to the field. Oh yeah. I woke up like thirty minutes late. I see my phone just blowing up. I can't. How am I gonna trust you if you can't get up for practice? All this. I missed like what the first two quarters of the game. I rightfully so, but that yeah, that was a funny story. Hey, and this, I'm be honest with you. If Nino was a fucking running back or something else, he would have been done the whole game. See, that's the lenience a kicker does actually get. But this is the difference between me and most coaches. Most cats treat the kicker like he's not part of the team, in my opinion. From the NFL level to Division One to JUCO, I've been around where coaches are like, ah, Nino, you don't have to show up. Go out there and get some kicks, and I'll see you tomorrow. And I've witnessed the fact that that makes it, First of all, the players don't know him enough to trust him because he's never around. And then him as the kicker, I think has a has like a, a feel of okay, I, I'm never around. Fuck it, I'm not really dependent on. So I made Nino a part of this team because that's he is. He was fucking part of the team. He was a vital part of it. And um, you know, we checked him in class as hard as we checked fucking Malik. And I said, you know, every single cat on the team was treated the same, but individually they were different. And I said, that's just what it is. And so so Nino knew his ass had to be at practice with us in the morning. He ran with us. He conditioned with us. Nino wasn't the guy like most coaches say, all right, go on in. Because that shit sets a bad precedence for the team. The kicker doesn't have to run. The kicker don't have to go to class. The kicker don't have to do this. And I think I, I just think that in later in life, these cats will understand that, hey, you know what? That shit actually helped me and made me better. But a lot of cats just let the kicker do whatever they want, and, and I think it it descends the team. It kind of gets a distinction amongst the team. But I don't know. Do you think that way or no? Yeah, because uh, the previous school I was at, when I was at Arizona Western, I, it was kind of like that. They told me, like, you're good. You don't have to come. to. I mean, I went to study all, but it wasn't like you have to come like other players. Conditioning didn't really have to condition unless it was like end of practice and someone fucked up and but besides that like I didn't get checked on in class over there uh I really was just there for practice do my kicks and that's really it and you were an all-american yeah and and this is the other thing did you lift every morning at five in the morning with our ass hell yeah oh, Hell yeah. Hey, Castle no. Nino was in there with this. Well, you were with the offense at 5 a.m. Yep. And this is in the spring, like in the winter, January in Kansas. He was a little bit familiar. He was in Boise, so he knew it gets cold. But then he's also in Hawaii, and he's been all over. He's like, fuck, 5 a.m. in Kansas. Could be snowing, windy, rain. Who knows what it is. But he yeah. was there every day, never missed a weight room, just like everybody else. He, you know, he was uh, – we, we wanted him to fucking get bigger, faster, stronger too, man, even though he's a kicker or whatever. So, Nino, I, I love seeing Nino in the morning, man, because, I, you know, when the kicker shows up to weights – you know you're doing something right. So that's why I love that part of it, man. But people, but shit, Nino was there. He, he was actually motivating in the weight room, was talking shit. He was, he was a, a, a leader in the weight room as the kicker, and the players got to see him do that shit in the weight room. So I thought it went a, I thought it went a while, reason why we won the shit. I think that and include, like, being included and having you not like make me as a vocal point or any of that but more so just like get on my ass all this and that 
the other players appreciate it too. So I'm going to go hard too. And if I'm doing it, I would hope everyone else is. And that's how it went. I think a big part of our success was you were on everyone's ass regardless. Whether it's kicker, second, third string, any position, everyone has a role. Everyone did it. And it, it meshed us. No doubt. And I feel like, I feel like with how like the treatment at Independence and how we went about that, like I got a single digit number. Hell Kickers yeah. don't get single digit numbers at all. So that like that makes me feel good and I'm gonna do everything I can for the team, whether it's like in the weight room, show up to this. I don't wanna feel I, I don't wanna miss that kind of stuff because then some people will say, Well, why doesn't he have to this, that? So it was, it was good to see. Like it was different. It was a way different change in coaching and just the whole infrastructure from Arizona Western uh, Independence. Nah, no doubt, no doubt, man. That, nah, that was that was a uh, hell yeah. I was gonna, I, I took care of my dudes and people that worked out, worked hard, was there. They deserved the number. Fuck the number just went to some guy. And there's another reason I ordered one through nine twice. So one through nine on offense and one through nine on defense. As long as they weren't out there on special teams on the field at the same time, we could wear it. But that's what recruiters do. People don't realize, you know, you order one through nine twice. And I've done it everywhere I've ever been because everybody wants one through nine. And usually it's all the prima donna skill guys. And so, hey, we had one through nine on offense. We had one through nine on defense. And everybody in that league was bitching and moaning at me because they were like, who's number one? Why is that number one six fucking eight? And this one's four fucking 11. I'm like, motherfucker, don't worry about it. As long as they're not on the field at the same time, don't worry. They're on the roster. So <laughs> that's kind of what started those that league hating me because they knew uh, that I was doing shit differently that they've never fucking seen. And I'm like, well, that's a you problem, motherfucker, not mine. Uh, but it is what it is. So so what happened after Indy? Tell everybody what happened. Uh, I went to Hawaii for a year. And then that was a good experience. I picked up some injuries like quick in camp. I broke my toe. And I then I had a strain in my neck. So that kind of set things back didn't go like completely as planned but after that football for the people that don't like I didn't play football my whole life I played soccer all the way up until my first year kicking actually was at Arizona Western second was independence so I like with soccer the difference between soccer and football I grew up with it like watched it I didn't even watch football really till junior senior year of high school so then after hawaii after all those setbacks i i didn't really i didn't feel like i loved it as much so i took some time off and then i still had schools contacting me wanting me to play and all this but i i wanted to start like a whole new chapter because if i'm not all into something i don't want to like half-ass it like go do it just because i have to you know no doubt. So no after doubt. Hawaii, yeah. Did you ever finish your degree though? Yeah, I got my degree in communications. I remember. I remember you posted it. I just want everybody to know. Um, see, there, there's only certain cats I know that don't. That I I asked it when I don't know they got it. So I asked Jamal last week. I had Jamal on, and he hasn't got it yet. I don't know if you've seen or followed Jamal. He's been knocking motherfuckers out. So he's boxing. Yeah, he's boxing. Yeah. yeah. So he's boxing now and shit. Um, 
So, you know, he's a good thing. So, look, p- people want to know about Alex's ass, the kid that got me in trouble and all that shit. Do you have any stories to tell about that, that particular kid or anything you want people to know that they don't know? I, I don't ever really talk about it because I don't give a fuck. But I try to tell people, I say, you know, the kid called himself that word. I said, it is what it is. The kids called him that. Everybody knew what it was. Um, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to actually let guys on the team know not to fuck the kid up. Um, so that was a, it was a fucking crazy deal. But do you remember any of that whole shit? I don't really remember too much of like him or anything, but I remember when all that went down, it was a huge deal. And it was like, it's, it's this whole cancel culture bullshit. If the kid's calling himself that, you know, referring to to himself as that i don't know why they're gonna get mad if you make it like it's not like you're being a hundred percent serious like oh i'm you know i'm gonna be your that guy cats that know you they'll know how you are so i don't know that to me it's just that whole cancel culture bullshit that it was stupid yeah it's all it is and it's it's because you got to like a big point after that show you became like a huge character yeah, because the teacher, that ter- the teacher that the teacher that and I still don't blame kids. The teacher, a teacher took that and submitted it to CNN, Fox, ESPN, and yeah, I saw that on ESPN. Yeah, so that's what it was. Because the teacher now that I probably cussed out because they fucking probably didn't teach Emmett Gooden how to fucking read or write or tell how to write an essay or do something like that. Or put kids in the back against the wall, and I'm like, "This is what are we at fucking 1925 in third grade?" I said, "What?" So I'd call these teachers out, and it was a teacher that didn't like me because I called him out on how shitty he was doing and how he didn't care about these kids. And sure enough, dog, he waited for his opportunity. Three years later is when he did this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's so, a bunch of bullshit in my opinion. That is what it is, man. You got to fucking it, you know. Hey, don't do the crime. You can't do the time, right? So yep. people don't realize that shit. I, I, we just talked about Oklahoma's uh, coach. He got fired for saying the N-word, apparently reading off of a kid's laptop yesterday. And uh, now there's more shit coming out. But um, I've talked to some people. Everybody's like, dude, that motherfucker's the dude. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Now his daughter's coming out blasting the head coach saying you're lying and all kind of shit now is coming out. So now... Uh, but again, if you said the word, you did the thing, don't do the work, crime if you can't do the fucking time. And so yep. it is what it is, man. It's fucked up. It is what it is. But, um, oh, well. So what's your plans, man? You got any, like, goals, admirations? What, what's what's next for Nino? So I'm using this, like, this business with my dad kind of as a stepping stone. Just grind, make some more money. And then in the near future, because I've been looking at, like, different ways I can make a passive income, especially. So I want to maybe in the next year and a half, two years, I want to start up a dealership because getting a dealer's license is it's a pretty easy process. All you really need is like a, uh, how do I say it? You need like a place with a big enough parking lot. You get to go to the auctions and all that. It's good money in that. And then I have a clothing brand that I'm going to start up hopefully soon here with one of my friends out here in Utah. That's mainly it. I'm just working, enjoying life. It's been nice. No doubt. Hell yeah. How old are you now? 24. Damn, you're still a youngster, dog. God damn. <laughs> yeah. 
You better start. You better invest in shit. I don't know about crypto. I'm not into that shit. I don't know nothing about it. I ain't that smart, but shit. Something's going to have to give. Either the market's going to crash or it's going to be blown up here. And when it comes back up, we got to get somebody get invested in some shit. I got to. I know. I've been looking at crypto is like crypto is more of a gamble, except for like the top dogs of it, like Ethereum, Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little safer, but stocks, is, as far as that goes, I have some stuff that I'm going to put money into. And I have a, a buddy of mine in Boise. He, that's all he does now is just day trading. So he's been telling me where to put some money, where to do this for the long term. Because if you want to play the quick game, I mean, that's 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 like gambling, really. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just no looking doubt. at long term right now. Nah, yes. Yeah, hey, dog. You go for the for show pussy instead of the fucking guest pussy. If, if shit, if the bitch don't, if she gonna talk about fucking, I don't know if I can come. I'm going straight for the for show pussy. I want the for show pussy. Help. All right, hey, well, man, it's good seeing you, dog. I ain't seen you in a minute and talked to you, but I know uh, we're staying uh, in contact. So, Alan and everybody in the chat says what's up and shit. I hope wish you well. If you ever need something, hit me up. Let me know. Um, of course, I got you. What's going on? But. uh um, I look forward to seeing the next journey, dog. Hey, shit, you 24, dog. Your life's just beginning. I, there's a lot of opportunity out here. Go kill this money somehow. I will, for sure, for sure. All right, dog. Stay okay. up. We'll stay in tune. You get back to Cali or something, dog. Come see me. I will. I'll, I'm going to buy a pack of those uh, slapdick guards and some slapdick whiskey. Hell, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. My old coach. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you. All right. Good talking to you, coach. Have a good one. All right, Nino. Later. Later. Nino Aljabic, one of my favorites. Uh, good kicker, man. He did had a good career, man. He was an All-American in JUCO at Arizona Western. I brought him over with me to Indy the next year. And, you know, he made some meaningful, important, impactful kicks for us. And so he did a good job. He did a good job. Um, man, a lot of shit. The cigars are not out yet, Coach Byers. They'll be out shortly. We just got them in. Um, now we're working on a bunch of other things. So. We're working on a bunch of things as far as distribution. We're going to put them on one store. They're going to be able to distribute them nation, nationwide. So we'll be online to start, and then we'll try to get into some lounges. Um, but uh, So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. I got to start off. I got to start. I got to get to my uh, – I'm still, I'm still not even started. I'm going to save some of this shit for tomorrow. Tomorrow, if you guys don't know, if any of you golf fans are out there, if you guys know who Mark Kalkovecchia is, a legendary golfer, um, old school OG, Mark Kalkovecchia, um, had a 44-hour surgery uh, over the weekend on some things, but he's going to post. He's going to be on the show tomorrow, um, talk all things golf, PGA, live, etc. So uh, Kalkovecchia is a great dude. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Good, good friend. Um. We'll talk all things golf. Wednesday, um, we got some NFL um, columnists coming on. Talk about his uh, Wednesday picks. Um, so if you know who Matt Matt Lombardo is, Matt Lombardo basically does, uh, it's called Heavy on Sports. Basically, he's an NFL reporter. Um, he's going to be on. He's out of Pennsylvania. So he'll be on Wednesday's show. We'll talk all things football, NFL. So, good week. Um, we got a good week's planned, a good week set up um, for some 
for some people to come on the show um, and talk. And today we had a third guest. Uh, he had unfortunately canceled during the show here. He had to go. Uh, he had an emergency. Uh, Chris Rice uh, is the president of Colleague Racing and NASCAR. Um, he's a NASCAR guy. He is uh, basically out in North Carolina, Elon, North Carolina. He is a NASCAR guy. He is the president of Kalig Racing, um, K-A-U-L-I-G Racing. He's going to come on the show. Uh, he was going to come on today. Had that happen, so he'll, we'll reschedule, get him back on the show early, later this week or earlier next week. So um, so that's that is what it is. So we got a lot of guys coming on. Marcellus Wiley's still coming on as soon as he gets situated. And... Uh, a lot of other things. Plus, the 22nd, we revamped the show. We have a co-host. We're going to try to ramp this thing up. So make sure everybody hits the like button. Subscribe. If you're not a member, become a member. $1.99. The best $1.99 a month. I got to discuss one thing with you guys and break this down because this will be on Twitter tomorrow, I am sure. But my top five greatest horror movie characters... I got to bring it up. I got to show you my top five greatest horror movie characters. Now, pay attention, all you fucking naysaying hater fucks on Twitter. This is not my top five favorite horror movies. This is my top five favorite horror characters. Horror movie characters. All right. So understand that. All right. Here we go. Number one, Jason. Jason, Friday the 13th, Jason is my dude. Jason Voorhees, that's my guy. Jason strikes on the 13th of Friday. Jason's always going to be number one. Always. That's just what it is. Jason Voorhees, my main motherfucker, Friday the 13th. He's the number one horror movie character, period. I got to put Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger right there at number two, just because he was in it. For, uh, to win it he was uh, in the longevity of it he's been around since i was a little kid just like jason jason and freddie michael myers you know obviously but i got a newer guy that came in who i just thought was unfucking believable okay uh, unbelievable the creeper the guy from Jel jeepers creepers okay jeepers creepers guy the creeper i think is one of the most well created fucking um characters of all time that motherfucker to me is the motherfucker like i wouldn't want to fuck with that dude see i think i could beat exactly i think i could beat jason michael myers freddie i just won't fucking dream right um the creeper though that motherfucker's different that motherfucker's different um i couldn't fuck with the creeper dog i can't fuck with him that motherfucker's no joke Ass, shut up. Um, the Creeper is something else. I just can't fuck with him. Michael Myers, I got to put him in there just because he's a G. And Pennywise from the It. That motherfucker, man. That motherfucker Pennywise, dog, is a motherfucker just because of how wicked he looks, in my opinion. That's how I got to put him in there, right? Motherfucking clown. I got to put that motherfucker in there, so... Pennywise is in there. That's my top five horror movie characters, not horror movies. 
Just mean we have to fucking make sure we're clear. Horror movie characters. Um, I do like Leatherface. Oops, Josh. I like Leatherface, but I could do without Leatherface. I don't know if I could do without those five. That's how I kind of break it down. Scream might have been a better movie, but Crying Belly, you don't listen, did you? Another motherfucker who don't listen. I just said characters of a horror movie. I didn't fucking say horror movies. God damn. Didn't I just not say that to the whole fucking chat? This ain't the movies. It's the fucking character. Holy shit. Some of you motherfuckers are dumb motherfuckers, homie. I don't get how you can't read, write, or fucking listen. Holy shit. It blows my fucking mind. I got to be honest. It blows my fucking mind that we're in the chat talking about the movies when I strictly just mentioned the person, the character of the movie. God damn, homie. Right, Wido, right, Wido? The shark from Jaws. Fucking... How about the will from Killer Well? Uh, fucking Free Willy, motherfucker. How about the well? God damn. Um, it's fucking unbelievable, dog. Top serial killers is on the list for coming next coming weeks, dog. I, I am talking about that shit. Don't get it fucking twisted. Um, T.O. had it out with a Karen... And I saw the video. If you didn't see the video, you can go check it out online. Um, I'm not a T.O. guy. I think T.O.'s a fucking slapdick. But I hate these Karen fucks. I think they're the biggest entitled fucking cunts I've ever seen in my life. And there's more men Karens out there than female Karens. And I want to know why they named them Karen. I want to know why the fuck we called them Karen. They're definitely another name. There's definitely worse names than Karen. I think there could have been Sally. I think they could have been Sarah. I would have definitely called them Sarah uh, over fucking Karen. I'm just telling you. Um, This is how I know we are fucked up, America. And first of all, I want to give a shout out. Roger E. Mosley died at 83 years old. If you don't know who Roger E. Mosley is, number one, showing me your age. You're very young. You're probably a little kid. This motherfucker has aged. Time is a thief, man. It just feels like yesterday I used to watch Magnum P.I. when I come home from school every day. I would watch Magnum P.I. and then I would watch uh, fucking uh, Knight Rider, right? Knight Rider would come on right after Magnum P.I. And Roger E. Mosley was the icon on that show. And uh, he passed away at 83 years old. So I wanted a shout out. I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, I don't know if you saw this, man. But Wisconsin School District bans pride flags, pronouns by emails, Black Lives Matters, blue flags, and clothing. Um. Shout out to them. Hey, man, fuck it. We're an equal opportunist, real asshole. We're going to make sure we're straight down the pipe, just like Coach Brown coached. 
We're equal opportunist asshole. Whether you're the kicker or the quarterback, you're going to be treated the same. We're going to take away the pride flag, the pronouns. Teachers cannot use pronouns in emails. I read the whole article. Shout out to you guys. I Fuck it. Somebody make a fucking stand. Somebody make a fucking stand. That's all I'm trying to say. Make a fucking stand and, uh, you know, it is what it is, dog. Make a fucking stand. Um, this is what I stand for. That's a real fucking life shit right there. That is some real shit right there. Other than genetics, the fat motherfucker does not look nearly athletic as the other one. Not just because the motherfucker's ripped up. Just because look at this other motherfucker's head, face, chin. He does not look athletic. And I debate if they're the same age. But they say they're the same age. Different choices. I thought that was a great thing to show some of you guys. Let the perspective kick in. Let that shit kick in. And when you look at your friend that's the same age as you and he's still getting pussy and you're not. Look look back at that picture. Say, fuck. It's, life's about choices. And I made some fucked up ones. Ah, I just think it's real shit, dog. I think that shit is real. Um, but who knows? That's what I look at it as. That's what I think shit. Um, I got to show you a couple things real quick, though. This is how fucked up we are. All right? This is how fucked up we are. We have a grown man, a big man, who wanted to talk shit about transgenders. And... A transgender beat his ass. And I'm just so upset at the fact that if you're going... See, I don't go around gay bashing or transgender bashing or whatever. Do what you do. But just keep it away from me. I don't want you to involve me. I don't want you to fucking come around me. I don't want you to talk to my daughter. I don't want you to talk to my son. I don't want you to fucking have... Teach classes on how to fucking strip on a pole. I don't want that. Having said that, fucking do you. Stay away from me. But if you're going to call one out, then let's beat his ass. Right? Don't get your ass beat and you're fucking three times the size. I'm not a big believer in bigger. The, I, I think bigger the harder they are, harder they fall. But having said that, watch this little video. Oh, hell no. Hell no. God damn, Oost. Did you see it was a, the biggest bitch hit I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> like, this motherfucker didn't even catch him like that. And that big motherfucker fell. This gotta be kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. No, I didn't see Warren Sapp. I got to see that. I didn't see Warren Sapp act the fool at the Hall of Fame game. 
I didn't know that. Um, I didn't see that shit. Um, yeah, got dropped by a trans and then walked away like, fuck it. <laughs> I got You got to be fucking joking me, dog. It, the slapstick of the day I didn't get to talk about, but the slapstick of the day is Anne Heshey. If you don't know who Anne Heshey is, she was married to Ellen DeGeneres. Um, they were married together, lesbians. Uh, I liked Anne Heshey. She was in some good movies that I liked. Apparently, she's batshit crazy. She was on a podcast apparently drinking vodka like a motherfucker. But uh, there's no way in the world, after watching all the videos I saw of her, can you just be on vodka? I drink vodka, slapdick vodka all the time. And I'm not driving my car 200 miles an hour down a fucking street and running into a house. If you haven't heard the story, Ann Heshey ran her car straight into a motherfucker's house. Not only putting them at risk, she got, I, I guess, a quarter of her body's burned, third degree. Car looks like she should never have lived. She was helicoptered out, uh, air transplanted to the hospital. She's in stable condition, apparently. Um, but if you haven't seen, here's a picture of how fast she was going down the street and you hear her hit the house. Take a look. You know, I look at that photo, I look at that video and I look at that video and I'm like, what if there was a kid and a ball rolled out in the street and there was a kid that had to run out there and you fucking dumbass are, is driving 140 in a little ass car. Unfucking believable, man. I just don't understand. These enabled, entitled fucking people, just because they have money, is what bothers me. She has yet to be arrested. She has yet to have any fucking charges filed. She drove her car into a motherfucker's house, and you know damn well her people, manager, publicist, agent, reached out to that household and said, listen, please don't press charges. We're going to give you a million dollars, pay you a new house, the whole thing. You know that's what happened because why haven't you heard from that motherfucker? Why haven't you heard from the house owner, the homeowner? I don't know, man. It's just a different world. I, I, for charges not to be pressed, fuck that bitch. I would have fucking threw her under the fucking table. Because if you would have hit my fucking kid or my dog or anything, you fuck. That is what's scary. Not running into the house. Scary. So, I don't know. Um, I want you to see this shit. This is a fucking excuse of the fucking mental health people out there who want to give people a pass. For unbelievable fucking things that they do. Heinous crimes. This fucking cunt is claiming to be mentally enabled, disabled, and says that a demon took her body over, so she became a child trafficker. Have a look at this bitch. 
By the way, I want you. To, I'm going to tell you a story after this about this fucking cunt and what I would have done if I was the cop. But listen to this dumb, retarded fucking cunt. Man, put your feet in so we can close the doors. Okay. I'm just going to close the door. Just stay right there before we move. I would have sucked that bitch so fucking hard in the face. You fucking cunt. Shut the fuck up. Demon these nuts, motherfucker. I don't even want to show you the whole fucking... Fa- I got a, a minute, 30 seconds of that fucking thing right there. I would have socked that bitch right in her motherfucking forehead, Josh. Bitch, get your bitch ass in the fucking car. Motherfucker, a demon took me over. So now I'm going to use that in court to get off for being a child fucking trafficker and I'm going to see how many motherfuckers is going to accept it, her apology and say, oh, she has some fucking mental health but she just fucking raped 30 fucking little kids and child porned them out and trafficked them out but you're good with that shit. Man, you motherfuckers, man. You're too fucking accepting. I'll tell you that. You're some fucking accepting motherfuckers, number one, but you're... You're, you're, you're fucking quick to throw a motherfucker under the bus that actually does the right thing. That shit is what b- blows my fucking mind, dog. I, I don't understand. I, that shit blows my fucking mind. I can't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Joe Accord, what up? Appreciate you. I know you uh, had to go to the hospital and shit like that. Um, but shit. Good shit, good shit. Um, drugs are, you know, drugs is a fucking issue that we won't address because it makes us too much money. Makes us too much money. Yeah, I love the fucking, uh, I fucking love the fucking mental health fucking deals. How about we take you out back, we hose you down, we throw you in an ice bath. We don't feed you nothing. And we won't give you any water. And we're going to see if the demon comes out of your motherfucking ass because he's dehydrated. Okay? That's what we're going to do. You fucking cowardly cunt fucks. You fuckers that believe every single thing blow my mind. Um, man, we're two and a half hours in the show and it seems like it goes by like this. Uh, like I said, the show's getting better. We're going to grow it. We got other people coming on. Appreciate Zach coming in. Nino coming on today, former player of mine. Um, we're going to end the audio side uh, over here. I'll keep YouTube on. If you guys want to call in, I will uh, take some calls as I as I get the audio uploaded. Um, Joe Accord went to have ma- uh, had facial surgery today. He's a you know he's been a, a, a an avid fan of the community, so I appreciate it. Um, Wido's going to call in Talk about a topic 
And uh, I'll take a few calls, man, before I get out of here. I got the dogs out here in a minute. But uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna put the po- I'll link the put the link in the chat here for the audio side. You guys want to call in if you're a member, give a shot, call in, and then uh, on the audio side, I'll see you tomorrow 1 p.m. Mark Kalkovacchia or Kalkovacchia, great golfer, great golf legend. He'll join us tomorrow, and uh, and uh, after hours after party on YouTube. Stay tuned. I'll see you guys tomorrow 1 p.m. Pacific. Drop a like button, hit the pound, and become a member today. Peace. Transforming when the I hate a storm, hell Mary's, I make it poor. Good I ain't lying, you little giants, we been defying. Rice. What's the cost?